Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody, and a very, very, very Merry Christmas from everybody here at the Geek Apocalypse Podcast, and this is the Xmas special of this said podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and this is your first time listening. You are very, very welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us rant and rave about the theory of Christmas. Um, I say that not being religious, and mean no offence, but that's just kind of how we talked about it, I think, really. Um, this is my good friend Ricky, who you sometimes co-host the show, um, and we talk about our feelings about uh, Christmas, and about um, disorders, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and uh, sort of rant about um, getting presents, and uh, which is very, very funny. Um, so this is kind of just a humorous take on Christmas. So I, I hope it doesn't come across as I know I am a bit Ebenezer Scroogey, and I don't mean to be, but that's this. Well, I do mean to be, but I just mean it as in um, I just kind of it's more like a humorous slant. It's not me being bitter or resentful. Um, I do quite like Christmas and certain aspects of it. I just think it is commercialized and various other things, which is what I kind of get into on this very podcast. And I talk to Ricky about what he thinks as well, which is interesting, being that he has um, a sort of Hindu background. So. Um, sort of interesting to see how he views it and we talk about decorations and and basically just our general view about Christmas and it's very very funny and very um, ranty and so I hope you guys enjoy it and as I say it's a sort of special so I hope you guys have fun listening to this over the holiday period Um, in terms of upcoming episodes I am hoping to because I've said this for uh, about a month or so now that I'm hoping to get the opportunity to sit down with my sister for an hour over the Xmas period and um, we'll get the opportunity to talk to her, which would be fun. So that might be a special extra episode. Um, a guy called Ken, who is involved in Broken Shields with Gunnar Roxon, which was on a, a couple of episodes ago, um, is the one you would have just heard previously to this. As well as um, a guy called Neil, who runs uh, T-Pub Comics, which is going to be released in between Christmas and New Year. And me and Ricky are planning to do a New Year's Eve special uh, well, not New Year's Eve, not New Year's Eve, but a New Year special, I should say, talking about the past 2016. And before I forget to say this in this introduction, because it's obviously a big deal, um, I'm recording this um, introduction as I found out that Carrie Fisher had a heart attack on a plane from London to LA, which um, I'm assuming people have heard. So I, you know, my thoughts are with her uh, as much as I don't know her, and I, I don't, you know, she won't necessarily care what I think, but. Um, I'm just sending some well wishes because I've been rereading a lot of her novels right now, um, and um, I think she's a phenomenal writer and obviously, um, you know, a big Star Wars fan, and um, she's a fantastic woman, so I really hope she pulls through, but it doesn't sound good, so my thoughts are with her. And everybody else, over the Christmas period, um, stay safe, have a good uh, Christmas period, have a good seasonal holiday, um, see the people you love and support them and everything else. And I uh, hope you enjoy this extra episode. Uh, this is the extra special of the Game Hard Podcast. Enjoy! Hey 
UK. So we are recording. I don't understand why. I don't know why I decided to do a very strange voice, but there you go. Um, so yes, this is the Xmas edition of the Geek Apocalypse podcast. But I'm not going to do an introduction anyway. We will just we've been talking like um, the the Skype call currently reads already over thirty minutes, and this that was just us nattering about random stuff. So there you go. <laughs> it sort of shows that what happens when me and Ricky get together. Um, so yeah, so. We thought Christmas would be a good idea, um, which is which is actually like a very appropriate time that we're doing this because it's a few days before Christmas. Actually, uh, is when we're recording this, and you'll I'm thinking of releasing this Christmas Eve. So, um, yeah. so the idea uh, it it makes sense to talk about Christmas and the fact that would, would 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 sort of listen to it after their dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. You never, you never know. Well, that, that, I mean, that would be extremely flattering, I find. Well, what else are they going to do? It's either watching a James Bond film or, or the Snowman or something. <laughs> James Bond. Do they still? Do they still having the fact that I don't own a TV or anything like that? Um, do they still have Bond films on at Christmas? I, I think they always do. Yeah, one film that's always guaranteed on, and I always, never get bored of watching, is Escape to Victory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we've had uh, we've had this discussion on here before because it's like yeah. a. Or like um, the Great Escape or something. That's always well, on. Charlie, Charlie and the Cho- or is it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. both versions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I quite like the. I quite like. I still quite like the old one. Like well, me too. To... Yeah, and you know, God bless um, Gene Wilder. We lost him this year. Yeah, yeah. Not very many, but That's yeah, actually, that yeah, might... quite a relevant point. Yeah, because he died this year. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll also be doing a New Year's one where we'll sort of be reflecting on stuff like that. Because boy, if we lot like yeah. I don't want to make it sound like a very depressed episode, but yeah, if you do think about the amount of awesome people, you know, who are really, really good, and um, that who, who like uh, you know some legends of the screen or like comedians and stuff that we've lost this year, like yeah, that would be an interesting discussion. Because wow, there's been a lot of um, a lot of people lost. Um, but there you go. So so yeah. So and uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with with it being sort of Christmas is just our sort of thoughts about Christmas because one of the things that I'm certainly aware of. Is Christmas is going on because you know I've just today just had a couple of hours um, relaxing at home before and I did a bit of shopping. It's just the stress level of trying to find stuff that people asked for or figuring out what people want. And I'm just curious to have that discussion of like what um, did what you go Ricky thinks. For that or did he just shop locally? Or? Sorry, say that again. Did he go into town or did he shop locally? Or? Well, my plan is I'm actually going tomorrow to go to town. By the way, just for those who aren't from the UK, we're from Newcastle. So when he says town, he means because we're outside of we're outside of the city. So, uh, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, the tune, as we call it um, in our accent. So, yeah, um, what he's meaning is we live just outside the city. So he's meaning going into the city for main shopping, as people call it. Um, which I am doing tomorrow because I'm going to my friend uh, Nicola's house to play some board games. So she lives in um, she lives in Heaven. So um, so the plan is to go there first because I need to get my nephew, who's nearly ten, a video game, um, which my sister sent a recommendation to because he now is aware of spoilers for children listening to this. If you are under, like, not that children should because it's an over eighteen podcast, but um, is um, you know, he now is aware that Santa doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that, Ricky, but um, <laughs> I know no one told you, yeah. but <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So, um, so I 
I, I, the way I handled it was when he told me that, I went, oh, great, so what do you want? Because <laughs> I never can, I never know. And he's like, but he isn't aware that he's getting a PS4, so that's um, obviously going to be nice to, to witness him like go crazy about that. So I'm, I wanted to buy him one of the um, Lego games that um, there's a whole bunch of them now. So I was basically just didn't, wasn't sure what he didn't have. Um, cause I didn't want to buy the same game for PS4 that he has for PS3. That to me seems silly. Um, so yeah, now that I know what he wants, uh, or rather what his mom told me, okay, my sister, um, who still maybe there's a, maybe there's an outside chance I might be recording an episode of this podcast with her actually over the Christmas period, which would be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get that off the ground. Um, so I might take my equipment to my mom's at some point and, uh, see if she'll do it, but um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, um, my plan is to answer your question. I'm going to go into town tomorrow to get a few odd bits and thing, a bits of things, and get and primarily to get that game. Um, I was going to go to Boots because my mom made a special request for a particular style, particular perfume, which I'm sure you'll have an opinion on about, like getting that type of thing because it is a um. Oh, it gives me a chance to talk about right. Are you aware of this theory I have, right? That the, I probably told you this before because we've been friends for a while now. But my my theory about boots, the the observation you have of the you have an opinion on boots. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, for those that aren't aware of this, just to clarify, boots is just a, like a pharmacy store in uh, the UK. Where I'm, 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 is it a UK company? I think yeah. I'm I would assume sure. so. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure someone can Google that and let us know. But um. But anyway, so um, there is a the, the, there's a so-called boots. Whether it's a, a English one or not, I'm not sure. But anyway, so um, my mom wanted a particular perfume which you could get at this place. So I went to the place. There's a, there is a local store of boots near where I live. So I went into there, but it was that small that they didn't actually sell many perfumes. And this particular yeah. one that my mom wanted was quite expensive. So I actually found an alternative store in the place that I live, um, uh, in the small town that I live in, um, and managed to find it for slightly cheaper than what my mom said it was worth. So I was quite chuffed because I actually, I actually had the the balls to, because um, I'm not really as someone who's very sociable. I hate I hate um, talking to shop assistants. So I actually had to go up to the counter because all the perfumes were at the back, um, oh and I had to God. say to them like, I, "I know where you're coming from with that yeah. because I mean, cool. I'll, just you haven't spoke yet, so. I'll just quickly crawl about this." No, in, go on, yeah, like, go on. It's like you know, with with my anxiety condition, it's yeah. like I always pre-plan what a conversation's going to be if I'm going to have with somebody, <laughs> and and it, it's just such a shame because you know when you get like really friendly shop assistants who might engage you in a in a conversation and my mind's thinking gosh i didn't plan this gosh i didn't plan this you know, <laughs> it's weird and i've got it but uh, but i do quite well in that scenario i was i wasn't always like this because mm-hmm. normally before i was quite gregarious and i enjoyed this conversation it's like when um i remember mm-hmm. the other day at little and i bought these like um um mousses like a strawberry and toffee and she was like "Ooh, they look nice and then she said when you plan on eating those no that nothing <laughs> Did you go? What? My response would be cheeky fucker. Like, what? <laughs> like nosy. She's fucking nosy. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's she gonna go to the cheeses and go? What are you buying them, fatty? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you really want that? I've, I have had that. Like, I have seen people do that. Like, unfortunately, I'm pretty certain I, I once saw, I once um, 
and I really got angry. I'm sure this is true. Forgive me, Wayne, if you're listening to this, because I know Wayne listens to some of these. Is um, I'm pretty certain this happened to Wayne, and Wayne being a large guy, as you know, because you've met him before, um, we used to go at YMCA when we worked as youth workers. Oh, yeah. Uh, we used to go to Marks and Spencer's, the one in North Shields, which is where we used to live. We used to live. We used to work um, at the YMCA there. And so on our break or like when we were leaving, we'd go to Marks and... Oh, no, it would be when we were leaving, actually. Because as they were closing, because all supermarket chains do this, is that they um, they always discount all the stuff that they made during the day. So they had a bakery in that particular Marks and Spencer's. So we used to go and like get all the, you know, the... What do you call them then? Things that have the chocolate chip things in. They're not like cookies, but the the breaded sort of croissant-y things, but I can't remember what they're called, but, um, do you know what I'm on about? They're, 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 they're I think they're like a Frenchy thing, but they're not croissants. They're, um, they've got like raisiny, raisiny chocolate things in, and they're bread, they're bread, they're bread, like they look like a bread roll, but then they're, they're more like a, they've got flour and the sweetie thing in. I've really got no idea what they're called. I like, know what you mean, I know what you but mean. But yeah, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows what I'm on about, but, um, but yeah, whatever they're called, like, they used to, I used to buy, like, about three of them. They were, like, twirl, they were sort of, like, bread twirl type things. Um, like, and, uh, they were absolutely, like, the most gorgeous things ever. So you would get, like, three for 40 pence. Because they basically were, like, it's like if you go to Morrison's or something at, like, 11 o'clock. Because there was a, there's a place near where we play board games that you can get, like, sandwiches for, like, 50 pence. Because they I, they chucked them out at the end of the day, so they basically just go... all supermarkets do them, I think. Not yeah. Just yeah, not all of them, yeah. Like, any, any, any pastry that they... Yeah, yeah. Because they, they cook them, to, they cook like, them to that day with the idea of that they're expected to sell them. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we became aware of that. So we went, and so the story goes is that we went and bought a bunch of them. And Wayne, being like this, you know, a heavy set guy, um, or like got a bunch of them. And like I, I distinctly remember the person at the counter going like, like, wow, someone's a bit hungry. Like in a kind, but in a kind of like looking them up and down going you really shouldn't buy that amount of stuff and so i remember like sort of flipping my lid because you know um that's just that's just not nice it's it's just it to me um this is going to sound very weird but i I didn't mean to get onto this rant but that that to me that some people are such hypocrites because people are more than willing to attack someone who's overweight yet you'll see people all the time that are too thin and they don't get the same they don't get the same mistreatment and my point is you shouldn't mistreat anybody but it's so hypocritical to go like you see someone who's overweight and their response is to just attack them um and you know and and like like they own that person's choice is that as much as yeah i mean i i have strong opinions on this as well because Mm. you know when when you on the whole subject of eating disorders yeah most people think it's about it's like under eating or not eating at all but Mm. I've some research, and it's it's also the other way around. Mm. People people tend to it's like you know when they say comfort food, comfort eating. <coughs> yeah. When you, somebody is mm-hmm. depressed and at low ebb, and the only comfort they can find is through eating, and then it then it becomes a habit. It becomes like compulsive, mm. and you can really you can really see that. So so then to people start you know labeling them as um, you know you lazy, you eat too much. Like if it's some sort of you know uh, like a just a fad that they just don't care about, you know. It's just. I mean, um, it's a, it's a I mean, bit like um, 
There's a famous right wing columnist who should we say a name? I think we both know who I it don't is. Care. Go ahead. Well, if you read Katie Hopkins' um, Oh, God, that fucking, that, yeah, that fucking awful woman. Um, yeah. If you read cla- her, Like, to clarify for any American audiences, is that, or yep, anything, anyone like that, is, um, she is, wh- who does she write for? Daily Mail? She used to write for The Sun, now she writes for The Daily Mail. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? What a guess. Like, yeah. I would have known she writes for The Daily Mail. Um, so yeah, this woman is like, oh, she goes on a daily, a daytime morning TV show here in the UK where she basically just says, and I'm sure she's, people would have seen articles of what she said. And so, uh, can you remember a particular example of what she upset people over? Cause I'm not, I'm blanking well, on just, that. Well, she's been in the news recently because I don't know if you know, there was a, um, a, a British Muslim family who, was it in the summer? They traveled to, America with the intention of like just visiting Disneyland or Disney mm-hmm. World, just a mm-hmm. family holiday. Yeah. And she and her columns said, uh, "Well, what what happened to them? They got detained, and I think they got sent back. Uh, okay. uh, and you know, some, you know, really horrible, mm-hmm. uh, completely innocent." And she wrote in an article that they were that they were the, they were obviously a terror threat. They were they were they were they were smear, she was smearing them to say that there were like links to extremism when there clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. So the other day she tweeted out an apology because the Daily Mail got fined for that. At guess what time? Two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, to gain maximum coverage, obviously, because they were so like ashamed of. Uh, and I think they got they got fined like you know over a hundred thousand grand. I mean, who wow. gets? Imagine you know you 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 do something that that makes your company get a fine that large. Yeah, and yet still on their payroll. Yeah, yeah. Isn't? It all, you know what it is? That's such a like. Let, let, let's talk about that because that's quite. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, and we talked about this when Wayne was last on. Um, but it was it was it, this was in the process of happening, right? Because to your point, it's almost like I'm like going, well, even though I'm a nobody, somebody slander me on the on the paper, and then I'll sue them for a hundred grand and get a hundred grand for suing them. Like you know, would I think a lot of people respectively would take that hit knowing that okay you can write whatever bullshit you want about me and then we'll pay because it all because it makes the argument of from an economical sense does the daily mail sort of imply thereby being sued a hundred thousand that they get more out of the article than that a hundred grand is worth i think so well they must also, do also it just goes to show that they're quite happy to go along with that sort of opinion yeah um and, and nothing's going to get get in the way of that i mean mm. you know it's I mean, if, I mean, for your American listeners, uh, the Daily Mail. I mean, they do have history. Uh, the most famous, the most famous sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, down in the sewer type thing they got up to was actually going back in pre World War Two, mm-hmm. because in Britain there was a, a fascist group that was supportive of Hitler called the Black Shirts, mm-hmm. and the Daily Mail, who were owned by a, a guy called Lord Rothermere, who was like an aristocrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, figurehead and also you know owned several empires i think and particularly this newspaper don't you miss when newspapers were owned by lords yeah and they <laughs> if you google it just google daily <coughs> mail in 30s and it has yeah, yeah. all it has all the uh you know hooray for the black shirts and you know supporting hitler and all that stuff wow. they got and this was this was I, this again going back to people who we've lost this year mm-hmm. But um, Andrew Sachs, who famously played Manuel in Falcon. Oh Tower, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, I saw that recently. Yeah. He 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 was a lot, a lot of people don't know that he was actually a um, a refugee who escaped the Nazis. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned in the last podcast because Jerry Springer was one as well. 
Oh yeah. Uh, and the Saxes, the Saxes left Germany because they were Jews, obviously to escape mm-hmm. persecution, and they came over here. I think late twenties, early thirties, something yes. like. And someone on Twitter very cleverly um, found an article that the Daily Mail um, had 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 sort of uh, published on the day that he arrived in Britain, like mm-hmm. in the in the thirties, sometime when he was oh, a wow. like, kid. Because on the front on the front page after he died, the Daily Mail had put like a, an obituary, like you know, farewell, Manuel. Mm-hmm. And then next to that was another damning headline: more refugees to come. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. I love I love it when that. I I just love it when papers like that do that because it's like oh, a story comes up that they feel obligated to bring up, but it goes against their sort of you know political you know, avenue of what they want to talk about. It's like when you see Fox News in America who feel obligated to talk about something, but they put their, their own unique spin on it to make it well, sound I'm like it is what it is. Fox News because you've you seen before um, mm. to your American listeners who is Katie Hopkins. Oh, yes. There's, another, there's, a, there's a good American version that they can compare with. There's a woman called Anne Coulter. Oh, Coulter. yeah, Anne, Anne Coulter, yeah. Yeah, Who's, I mean... She, uh, she, I, she, I see her on Bill Maher's show all the time. Yeah. Um, she was on, Bill, an, she was on a podcast I watched you listen. Sort of like... Um, do you know she was on Artie Lang's podcast? Just to let you know, I lit, yeah, I saw, I saw her, I saw her. I, 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 I've only listened to the first like ten minutes, right? Um, but I, I've, I know her through watching political shows on on because uh, I'm quite into the American pol- politics, um, and I've seen her on a few Bill Maher stuff, and and I've seen her guest on some things, and uh, yeah, I, I saw that. Um, I was re- listening to a podcast. On, she was on Artie Lang's thing, and I thought that was interesting. So yeah. I haven't finished it though. But anyway, yeah, go on. So yeah, I I know yeah. that she has strong, strong, both, strong uh, views. Yeah, they're yes. both big uh, Trump fans. And, yes. Um, the thing going back to the, the thing with with the the weight issue. Oh yeah. Katie Hopkins. I think she did a program for. Is it was it one of the reality channels? I think TLC. I think. Mm-hmm. Where she wanted to, she's always been lambasting against overweight people, uh, particularly when it comes to um, being on benefits and so on, because she, mm-hmm. she, she tries to, you know, link the two and think it's, a, you know, the, a lazy that's issue. Cycle. Yeah. yeah. And um, so for this program, she uh, purposely put on a load of weight and then, oh, wow. and then went on this, you know, joined a gym and, and, you know, took the weight off. And because of this, um, she's now put on her Twitter profile um, I put on weight and I successfully lost weight, and, and there's my point. It just proves that overweight people are lazy. There you go. That's it. That mm-hmm. was her mm. that was way that's, of uh, the point. That's 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 like what a lot of people. just because she, she was able to do it, that proves it. That's, you know, that yeah, it. exactly. That doesn't prove anything. It the, the well, the one thing it does prove is that basically she has uh, a, she has the mind and the ability. To turn that on and off, mm-hmm. as in to go, I put on some weight, but I have the ability to lose it. Whereas, unfortunately, this is this is that 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 argument I get very like very frustrated by, and I guess it offends me on the grounds of that it's you. I'm talking as someone who has an addictive personality. Um, it doesn't mean I don't. I'm not currently addicted to anything. Um, and I do, and I'm, you know, I've been addicted to cigarettes in the past. That's probably my Achilles heel. But um, my point is, it's similar to like you know, um, uh, Peter Hitchens when he was arguing with uh, Russell Brand about and uh, not Russell Brand, um, Matthew Perry 
from friends he and on a oh, news on oh. news night or whatever it was when he was um he was arguing over here about saying that addiction isn't a real thing he has the same virtual he view as she does killers, wasn't he i don't know oh yeah. uh, matthew perry yes he was yes yeah. um during friends which is why he had that massive like weight when he was ridiculously thin um yeah it, uh so yeah he was addicted to painkillers because he but it was also that he had a drink problem before that and he was combating it by taking prescribed medication which he then became addicted to so he was making the very valid point of that an addictive personality or an addictive point there's so much research now that sort of indicates that it's a person's mind and how they've how the mind is developed you know, it's the same equivalency of saying that someone has a depressed mind mm-hmm. and people saying just snap out of it or find a way to not feel that way. When if you've been, you know, if, if you build, it's like saying, right, I'm going to build a house, but I'm going to build the foundation of that house, not with bricks, but with straws. Mm-hmm. And and then, oh, you realize that the house hasn't, uh, the house hasn't been built right. And the so part of it falls down. So it takes a huge amount of effort to rebuild the foundation of that house, which is is your brain. But they look at it as, well, oh, why did you build? Why did you build uh, your house with straws? Why didn't you build it with bricks? My point is, is that you're built. We 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 unfortunately were built a straw, a mind built of straw, as in that foundation of our brain was was yeah. was made made of straw to begin with. Because there's so many other factors involved. That gets someone to have a mind like that, um, and it takes more than just willpower because otherwise, it would addiction wouldn't be a thing. I know they make the argument of addiction isn't a thing at all, but it is so much more complicated than just turning a switch on and off and deciding, yeah. oh, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that, because mm-hmm. there's something really traumatic, traumatically and fundamentally you know, broken within a person's brain. And that is fundamentally the difference between her saying, oh, I can just decide to go and lose weight and gain uh, gain weight and then get rid of it. Because the people, the, the, the problem is the people who end up getting well, uh, getting uh, ill or getting overweight, because essentially um, eating too much is an illness. So decide, like, it's this idea that they think people are deciding to do it. Because why would you decide to to take drugs why would you decide you you do it because because people like that they like to have this attitude of because you decide because there is an element of that you do decide to take it and i think that's the thing that people who take drugs struggle to admit is that you do in some essence decide to go down that road and put yourself in that situation that's the thing that's difficult to accept but the key point is the reason behind why we do it um the reason you do it is because you are fundamentally unable to deal with other aspects of your life and a lot of it is something that is out stuff that's out of your control so it's finding out whatever you can control to be able to cope with it that's why you'll hear a lot of addictive people who have dealt with addictive personalities say that i'm never going to be cured i just need to find ways of coping with it my point is this Katie Hopkins and other people like Peter Hitchens have not got brains. The brain, their brains have not developed that way, and they're lucky in that regard. Because everyone has this idea that we're all born perfect with no flaws and no deformities at all, and that it's our fault that we become who we are. 
when there's so many other factors like that's just one aspect of it we're in control of certain stuff but we're not in control of everything so there's environmental factors there's how you've been brought up there's whether you've been abused there's there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of things so well, can it's I just, just a very you? superficial thinking um that, that, that she does that and she does it to get attention i'll, I'll offer you a, a, anyway. another insight and you mentioned abuse because i remember i remember back in the days when lbc used to be quite quite good now mm-hmm. i find it the most you know a very right-wing mm-hmm. um station to listen to but um no they were having this this very same discussion and um somebody rang in and she was a lady and i i remember i remember vividly like because it had a it had a profound impact on the way i thought about this mm-hmm. um she she was a large lady and she admitted to and she she admitted that she does eat overeat and has this compulsion and she she does admit as as we've said that it was originally a choice but then what she said was on the reasons why was because in her youth she was abused mm-hmm. and she was so it, it came to a point where she was so scared and so petrified of it happening again that she would purposely eat to make herself look more unattractive mm-hmm. so to to the same abuser or to another potential abuser they wouldn't look at her uh, and think uh, of her as potential to being abused again if you see what I mean yeah yeah so that was a cycle that she was in uh, oh, was that's, ho- that's horrible that. yeah. yeah because yeah. that's 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 again it goes it's like that's because the reason sees to me that makes a great deal of sense in a practical reasoning because your brain you, the reason you end up getting addictions as well is because your brain wants to be healed your brain is basically telling you because you're not you're not in control 100 percent of your brain like you know because you think of how many times i would say this to people who don't have mental health issues think on an average day how many times you think of things you don't want to think about it shows that we don't have essentially the 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 the, the, the feeling of free will we don't have that filter all the time no do we, we don't have it all the time it, it, it so that means that our brain some of the yeah. time is codependent uh, or is independent i should say so and we, we and we're codependent on that thought so so the reason that that's relevant is to what i'm saying is so your brain is essentially saying to you we're not well guys like we're not well in our brain we need we need to find a solution so your brain is essentially telling you that the solution is do something to feel better because that's what it's telling you by the thing of that that's why we have feelings in the first place we have a bunch of nerve endings that's basically letting us know that something ain't right and so how we deal with that which you know that's a different argument entirely about the philosophical viewpoint of what's right and wrong with the decisions that we make but outside of that I understand wholeheartedly a person's practical view of looking at it simplistically and going, I'm not well, I need to do something about it. So that is why this whole idea of self-medication comes into play, because we just we know there's a problem. So the, the answer you gave of the, the thing about being abused is that that's also leading to a much more like, you know, um, traumatic experience, and it leads to people going, oh, I'm really like... You know, I feel like I'm never going to be loved, and that there's so many fundamentally horrible things to deal with there. But from a practicality point, it makes sense that to combat that, because they feel like they're never going to be loved or appreciated or understood, is that they do something that makes them feel better in the short term, and they keep doing it because they don't think there's an answer to their problems. That's why a lot of people fail to, you know, survive depression or something like what I've got, or 
you know, like bipolar disorder is quite, you know, a, a difficult thing to 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 deal with, and and whatever any traumatic experiences, which is why you need to, you know, partly it takes a long time well, to get better. You know, it's partly why as well. I'm I'm a bit of a political geek in the sense because hmm. I, if you if you knew me, um, ten. 10, 15 years ago, I wasn't into politics at all. Yeah, yeah. But I think what it is for me is that if I don't concentrate hard on, on something, mm-hmm. then it would make me dwell on myself, and that leaves me to a very dark area. Yes. So in a, in a way... I, politics, I think procrastination in, in that case is very useful. Yeah. Um, and I never used to think that. I used to feel guilty about never, procrastinating, but I think it's a very good thing for that reason. Yeah. Sure, yeah. and when we, we interviewed that guy from the... the the football um, uh, um Colin Dolan? Uh, not him, the oh, one no. after. The, the uh, one Mal, who, Mal, Mal, I want to say. Yeah. Is it Mal? I mean, he, yeah, I, I watched yeah. their videos on YouTube and one, one of the guys, t- one of the participants said a real key thing because he said, um, and I mentioned it on the show as well, that he used to, he, he was an ex-alcoholic uh, and he used to wake up every morning thinking that where's my next drink going to come from? Mm-hmm. And now that he joined this 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 uh, this football um, program, he now wakes up every morning thinking, "When's my next game going to come yeah, from?" Yeah, yeah, I remember them saying that on the. That's what Colin Dolan and people said on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, you don't have to be well read in the subject to know that that's clearly like essentially they're wanting to refill an endorphin buzz. They want to exactly. feel good. Exactly. That's literally it. Yeah. So they'll do whatever it takes to feel good again because there's something fundamentally wrong that they feel miserable all the time. And you do really, really stupid, um, well, well, in the eyes of others, really, really stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. But you do them because you're really in a really difficult place. And the problem with people like Katie Hopkins and Peter Hitchens and people like that who think they're right, they've never got to that point because they've never had to, because they don't have a problem to begin with. So they think that they think people who are addictive are problem creators and then they make their own problems when they have a problem to begin with and they're trying to deal with it. And that's really the thing that people don't get is that that's why the word judgmental exists because it's far easier to look at someone from the from a from an outside perspective and go oh i can see the solution why don't they just do what i do this is why it is so wrong but people are more than willing to keep saying it is that if you see someone in a difficult position and they're really struggling and they're trying everything they always want to say the phrase try harder or do what i did when you, the, it's that's not understanding that we're all different and we deal with things differently and what worked for you might not work for them. It's because people don't want to hear that getting through something is really, really hard. Um, they they don't want to hear that, um, and unfortunately, that's part of life. And it's the in one way, it's, it's in a weird way, and I don't, you know, it's going to come across as incredibly poetic. But you know, it's this it's the old adage of that um, that it it actually to me reinforces why life is so valuable. Because of the fact that you have to work at it, and the fact that you have to keep, you know, you know, you have to keep developing and getting better, and have to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be aware for the rest of my life that I wake up and go right. What can I do better to control what what I have? What, what can I do with my condition? What can I do today to? Yeah, I know, I, I know, I get it. That's why I'm pre. I know I'm preaching the converted. 
Um, do, you, do you? I know you're a fan of his uh, of him, um, but did 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 Christopher Hitchens offer any um, insight into addiction at all? I don't know, but um, what I do know because I'm sure you know about. I'm sure we've discussed Peter Hitchens before, and it's funny that we talked about this because I was watching some Christopher Hitchens a couple of days ago. Maybe why he was on my mind, but um, just like the endless. If people haven't heard of Christopher Hitchens and are listening to this, I implore you to, because there was an actual terminology called the hitch slap, where he would basically, you know, put people down in uh, lectures because he was so fundamentally brilliant and clever and witty, um, and so it became like an actual terminology that's now in the dictionary. Um, and he's the brother of Peter Hitchens, who's uh, writes for columns in the UK and is like a political uh, guy on TV. And um, email again. Sorry? Daily Mail again. Oh, is he Daily Mail as well? I didn't realise that. That's funny. Um but what what I what I do what I don't know if I don't know if you know this, but there's an old interview I saw not too long ago on C SPAN, um, which was years ago with Christopher Hitchens and it was celebrating like his it was celebrating like an anniversary of him being in media. I think it was like around two thousand maybe or something like that. Um and it was like a long interview and I really liked it. It was really good. I got quite into watching a lot of C-SPAN stuff, even though I know it gets its criticisms. But um, but yeah, so I sat. I, I was it was like the guy who made C-SPAN, that the old dude, and he was really, I, I like him as an interviewer, and he just talked about Christopher for a lot of things, and he brought up Peter, and I didn't know this because I knew they were brothers, and I was quite intrigued to know if they had a relationship and stuff. Is that they basically um they 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 didn't like each other for a long long time. And Christopher said the reason for that is because they would argue when they were younger anyway, because that's what siblings do. But he said once they got into their adult life, um, they are so fundamentally different politically, what political wise is that um, you know, Hitch is more like a sort of liberal, a li- has a sort of li- more liberal, liberal you know reasoning approach to things. And mm-hmm. I suppose I don't know how you, I, I've never really understood the left, left to right or centre stuff i've never really fully understood how that works because to me it's just like you're either a good person or you're a bad person that's how i look at it as um i'll just say this but he's fundamentally different basically political so i mean one of my i haven't listened to to him as much as you have uh, obviously but one of my favorite bits of audio out there is when mm-hmm. uh he took on george galloway for they 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 had this i saw i watched that recently clash in new york 2005 Oh yeah, yeah. There's another great audio version where they put music over on top of it. <laughs> really? Did they? Okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, wasn't it? Do you know what? Do you know um, why that started? It was because there's another clip. There's a clip of this on YouTube as well. If you want to see how it started, is yeah. they started to do um, uh, lectures that got all. The, the reason there were so many people is because George Galloway had this whole attitude of basically. That he blamed, even though I think, you know, without causing too much controversy, I think he has a bit of a point. But he's a little bit twisted in his way of, of, of dealing with it. Is that his basic point was that 9-11 was um, the America's fault in the sense of that they, his, he, he called it like the the smell of hatred or something that the Americans had made for themselves had led them had led that to happen, which I think is kind of a little bit overboard. But his point was basically because they did, you know, you know, give, you know, money to Osama bin Laden in the 90s and yeah. they did, you know, they created ISIS. So, you know, yeah. the, the actual, the, the very group thing that's with, doing thing all with these that things. Is, it's weird how, how you, opinions of people you change because I think Galloway, Galloway said in that clash that he was a big fan and he described him as a 
a, like a moth, like he once, no, what was it? You know, he described him as a caterpillar because he once was a beautiful butterfly, but now you've morphed the other way back into the... Demorphed or something. Yeah, <laughs> like that. But, um, but then... See, I, I have my... I was a big fan of Galloway, and now I've got my concerns about him. Do you know him. who else said that? A, a, a random, random, um, random uh, bit of, you know, trivia here or something, but I watched an old clip of um, Have I Got News For You, and Mark Steele said that. The comedian Mark Steele, who's quite yeah. political... Yeah. He um, said so the same thing, that he said he had a lot of respect for Galloway when he first started yeah. his political career. But then when he saw him going on, like, Celebrity Big Brother, and then he did this whole, you know... Because also, it's very hypocritical of somebody like Galloway saying about that it was America's fault. Because what Hitchens' problem with Galloway was, fundamentally, and this is what I was beginning to talk about, they both went on Bill Maher's show, and it was an all-English panel. It was him... It was George Galloway, Christopher Hitchens, and this blonde girl who was on BBC BBC America. Yeah. Um, she did like the news for them, and she was really good. She actually said some very good points outside mm-hmm. of them too. But they spent the whole episode bickering, bickering at each other and sniping each other. Um, so Galloway's point was they created it. So Galloway's point, um, Hitch's point, I think, made a lot of sense, even though Galloway said some things that made sense. His point was Galloway is a shit stirrer because he basically goes over there and says like and sucks up to like because there's clips of him like sucking up to to Saddam Hussein, um, a whole bunch of things, and then so Hitchin goes, he goes over there like kisses their arse and says like you know you you know I'm a great you know admirer of you as a leader, and then he comes over here and goes oh guys you got to be careful like like he's not. He's not sort of part of the process, which I, I totally agree with. Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you my take on Galloway. problem with him, basically. Because I, I've met the guy, and I think... Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's and, the story behind that? Where, where, where? Well, no, he was just doing a book signing, because uh, I went to this um, event down in London um, about That's 10 years ago. Uh, it was a Marxism event, and he was there, and he was giving a speech for his then Respect Party. Oh, now, yeah. this he was a, the voice of the left na- back then because famously yeah. he disagreed with the Iraq War, which which which, which I also agreed with as well. And mm-hmm. because of this, he was chucked out of the party, formed his own party, and he won the Bethnal Green, I think it was constituency. I remember that, yeah. Taking out that famous uh, interview with Paxman, Paxman yeah. <laughs> where he's like, well "Don't you want to congratulate me for the biggest victory?" And like. <laughs> Are you happy about getting rid of the only black woman yeah. in Parliament, which was Diane... Diane no, Agar, was her? Una King, Una King. Una King, that's it, yeah. A, a fine MP, I think, but a big Blairite. But, um, no, and I was in full admiration for him, and I was for a number of years, and I was an advocate on his uh, uh, radio show. I was a big contributor. Um, he would often read out my text, but what I what I, what I got... He changed for me recently with the whole Brexit thing because he he campaigned for us to to leave, which is fair enough, you know. He had his reasons, but he, he it was his snuggling, snuggling up to people like Farage and and like he was like saying to him, "Oh, without this guy, there wouldn't have been a referendum, being dead pally with him." Now Galloway is also a, a brilliant or had brilliant anti-racist um, politics behind him, you know, been to every demo and always riled against you know far right groups and stuff. Yeah. But then to, uh, and again, this is a pr- issue I have with a lot of people. Well, it wasn't a lot of people, but there was this whole Lex. It was nicknamed Lexit. Basically, Lexit was the people of the left who voted to to go Brexit. Mm-hmm. 
Now, they had their reasons, and some of them I know very well. One of them was to see the the end of David Cameron, which is fair enough, but the whole thing about Brexit was it was never going to be the kind of Brexit what they hoped for. Mm-hmm. It was always going to be a Tory Brexit, which meant that they're never going to get whatever they wanted to yeah. happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe in workers' rights, and, and I believe that, you know, uh, do you remember when the EU won the, um, the the Nobel Prize for Peace? I think it was. <laughs> if you, it was quite controversial. Okay. Yeah. Peace, looking back now, I, I agree because you know, without without the stabilisation, we've not apart from the the Bosnian War, I guess we've 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 not had a major war since then, and I think the union was a large part to do that. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I, and I still listen to Galloway's show because he's had his show back on talk radio. Yep. And I, I find myself agreeing less and less with him i still have time for him but i don't see him in the admiration i used to you know well i think it's just that my sort of it's a very difficult position for for like a i mean like it goes it, it makes the valid to to sort of clarify and end this point is just about galloway is to say yeah. he um he um if a politician becomes all about being popular and sort of selling themselves out, which kind of what Kilroy Silk did and yeah. um, all these other sort of people who get all the popularity and end up sort of having a political, you know, look at what happened with Trump, no political experience at all. And then, um, you know, even though gallery, it's the other way around, like politicians who become well known. You know, I remember like Lempit Opic when he started, you know, dating all the cheeky girls and all this stuff, and yeah. um, it was just stupid because he was more known for that, and then he ends up going in the British jungle, trying stand-up comedy. Yeah. yeah, he did did a whole bunch of things because he realised like he he essentially ruined his political career because he was more well, known. I think what Galloway tried to do, and he, and I think for the first part he did it quite well in that you know that saying there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yes, where even even if he did cross things, it would still kind of whip up. Hysteria, which would gain gain him more attention, but I think now his looks run out because I think he tried it. He's he's done it for too long. Well, Whereas also it just it just leads you to not you're not people are going to look at that and know that that's fabricated and you and don't know have, what his real opinion is. That's the problem if you do that, that was, too long. I was briefly in the respect mm. party, and yeah. I, and I thought if he if he just took a step back, really concentrated, he he could have made respect as big, if not bigger, as UKIP potentially. Yeah. But I, Probably he just veered off in so many different ways. Again, I mean, it became about him. It was about it became about him, which I guess as a politician you can't really do. You can't really just make it about yourself. It's all about. It's supposed to be about the people or what you. You know, I, mean, I guess it's about you in the sense of you got to decide what you're going to run for and what your what you know what your values are and everything else. But he just seems to he flip flopped on a bunch of things, and I just thought Hitch's summary of him was perfect, and that he's a shit stirrer. And that he he doesn't like do things for the re, for doing them for the reason of this this is what I think and this is what I think we should do you know like the Ron Pauls of this world who I have a lot of time for is that um you know who say tells it like it is and doesn't care what people think and doesn't do doesn't say stuff for popularity reasons it's just how it is happening and um, that's not what Galloway did Galloway just goes like oh you got to be careful that this happens and then he just he makes people on edge Shitster and like going back mm. to Katie Hopkins you yes. know the way <laughs> That you know, it's like I, I I love the and again I think this is going to lead to Trump because obviously you know um, he's associated with this program. But if you, it's like I would really want to sit down and watch The Apprentice, right? Because I like the format. Which but one? It just, which, which one? Which the English one? Well, well, well. I haven't seen the American one, which is Trump, isn't it? He's well, the, the, Trump, he's done... the Trump version actually. Um, I, I don't remember which series, but. 
I think a few years ago they did air uh, the the American version, one of the series where where obviously Trump. Because I, and I watched it because uh, uh, Tom Green was on it, and I was a big I'm a big fan of his. Oh, the comedian. Yeah. Oh, have, we talked about him before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, we did. He, he got chucked off it because him mm. and um, Dennis Rodman, the basketball player. Oh yeah. Uh, visit a strip club on in New York. <laughs> that, as ha- having known who Dennis Rodman is, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah. You know Dennis Rodman, who was on the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, and um, was married to Carmen Electra for a while, and uh, yeah, an absolute like you know. Did Madonna as well? I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a total. Was also, he was in her sex book, famous sex book. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. But um, and, and um, I think he, I think he was the ex. Basketball player who went to Korea and he got because I remember in on oh, uh, oh, yeah famously met Kim Jong Un yeah yeah and uh, was like defending going there and he got a lot oh, of criticism yeah. from like the basketball community for doing it and like the actual you know commissioner of the NBA went we don't you know we don't con- we don't condone it and <laughs> it was it was and he just went I don't like give a shit basically <laughs> which I thought was interesting but typical Dennis Rodman for those that have watched his you know also was a wrestler. Um, he he um, went to WCW when it was around in the nineties because I remember him being around then. He was like hanging out with Hulk Hogan. Sorry, sorry. To compete. Um, he did actually do a match. Um, I don't think he did very well. It was a very crap match, but ma- he basically was like sort of like part of Hulk Hogan's entourage, and it was just a way of like um, it was a way of just sort of going, oh look at us, like do see yeah. that for a while because they yeah. famously had David Arquette, the actor, actually won the world championship once, and it was regarded as one of the, the and that that Trumpin. Have you seen that footage? I saw, yeah, at uh, WrestleMania where it, um, it was like, a hair versus hair match with him and Vince McMahon. It was the billionaire match. At WrestleMania, I have seen that one. Was it the same one when he clotheslined him? Was it? Yes, um, yeah. and it ended because it ended. It was a hair versus hair match, but it was two wrestlers fighting on their behalf, and whoever yeah. lost got their head shaved. Which right. everybody knew going into that match, Trump wouldn't have shaved that stupid because it's fake, isn't it? So he would just. It made no sense. So Vince McMahon did got his head shaved by Stone Cold, and it's regarded as one of the worst. Yeah. WrestleMania, WrestleMania matches but of all yeah, time. Yeah, it is his trademark, and he yes. would have lost it. Yeah. Well, he just would have changed his toupee, didn't he? Because isn't it fake? I don't know. So, I don't think I, it is, but I think everyone it, sort of thinks it is. But, but anyway. it's his trademark now, part of his whole. Persona. Yeah, why would he do that? Well, that's yeah. why it was such a stupid idea. Because the problem with wrestling, knowing everyone knows it's predetermined, is come up with an idea where you think, "Oh, what's going to happen?" And in that yeah. scenario, like, there's no way in hell Trump's going to shave his head. So it was just a really stupid concept, but but there you go. So anyway, so so but what we were talking about before we went on all these different. Well, I was, uh, was going to say quickly about the Apprentice. That I, oh yes. it's a format which I'd really like to sit down and watch. But the, my my main problem is it it just always tends to breed assholes, <laughs> where they just come on TV and just be really impressed. I am so um. A fair amount when it first came out, you know, the English version with sugar is um with Iron Sugar. I um I watched my, when I was lived at home. My mom was a huge fan of it, and so um I, I probably watched the first couple of seasons, mm-hmm. like when it first came out, quite quite often. And I actually enjoyed lo- lo- looking forward to it because, but as you say, God, because it's because it's all part, you know, the capitalist business world. As you get some, as you said, some right wankers. Yeah. Um, that's but, uh, the thing. I, I can't abide by. I mean, the 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 tasks are generally interesting. Yes. 
see them, but it's just t- basic tosses taking part, and mm. it's like you're torn between seeing seeing the task through, but you have to you know put up with. It's these. like you watch them things and kind of have someone you want to root for. Like I've been rewatching some of Hell's Kitchen, the Gordon Ramsay yeah. one on yeah. in America, and I've been watching some of the new season. And I'm like, you know, there's a particular person. I'm like, oh, I want them to do well. Um, on The Apprentice, to prove Ricky's point, was that like, I, I remember watching it, going, I don't like any of these fuckers. Like, I, I want, I want them all to to not win. Um, yeah. and sometimes you'd see them do tasks, going, yeah, you deserve that. You deserve that task to to be rubbish because these are all just spending your time sniping each other in the back and. You know, that's the problem with them sort of scenarios where they get them to work as a team, but it's an individual competition. And then the winners, and they end yeah. up obviously being quite bitchy, and, and obviously the, the, the aforementioned people. I met one, I met one, um, see, I forget his name now, but he was an Indian guy. I think it was his, was it Saeed, someone? who he, he was in the third series of something, and he finished like fifth. Anyway, I was invited to this um, the Asian business um, forum or something, which was held at the Baltic. Mm-hmm. No, the 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 art gallery. Yep. And I mean, it it was a little bit kind of like this is a bit pretentious. But he was on this panel discussing business, and my girlfriend at the time, who was our, who I was seeing, because we like we were texting each other through throughout the thing, and I, I didn't I, I didn't know he was going to be there. And when I told her, oh, guess who's here? Some geezer from The Apprentice, and she was like, oh, I know him, I love him. And then I, I had to go and get his autograph for the sake of. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I probably even know who you're referring to. That sounds familiar, but um, but no, yeah. So I mean, The Apprentice is good, like from one of the ones I've seen it. But yeah, to your point, I I don't think I'd watch it all the time. But um, but yeah, no, the original thing that we got onto because it it was ended about the Katie Hopkins thing, and but it was about me about the story about Wayne getting too much stuff at Marks and Spencer's, um. But that was all referring to so to go back to my day today was um because we were originally talking about Christmas and buying for people. Is because we got onto this because I said about buying perfume for my mom. So the whole idea was, um, so I managed to get my mom wanted uh, for those that are interested, and I'm sure somebody is. Um, uh, I my mom asked for Angel, which I have to say I've never heard of. Um, I, but that's not a big surprise because you know it wouldn't surprise people to learn that I don't buy a lot of perfume. You know, unless I'm you know, unless I've suddenly decided to you know be to um. You know, uh, be a you know transsexual or something, and go out with it as a girl on weekends or something, which you know may or may not happen at some point in the future. Who knows? Uh, but uh, but my point is, I don't buy a lot of perfume, you know, so uh, I haven't in the past for like you know girlfriends and stuff like that. So um, so and you know, so I'm out of touch. So you know, that was the reason I ended up having to go and ask the person at the at the front, and luckily I managed to get it. But it's just um. I don't know about you, this is what I was leading to asking you the question. So basically, I got a lot of my Christmas shopping done today, which I'm pleased about. I'm in a lot better mood, because I've only got a couple of things to buy. Like I said, my nephew's present tomorrow, and a couple of other random relatives. Is I, I don't know what to say, and I, I, I'm such an Ebenezer Scrooge about Christmas now, that I just... It's like when I watched an old episode of Howard Stern, and he starts going crazy about the amount of stuff he, people eat, stuff he has to buy for people, and saying it's so, like, you know, a hallmark, you know, a commercial shit, and, like, I just can't wait for this fucking Christmas to be over. And I'm more and more like that as years go by like i just i just find the whole thing completely like commercialized now and i'm like i I, and actually that shop that i was in when i bought the angel thing right 
um, they were trying to get the radio fixed to play Christmas music, and I was just really close to shouting to them, going, "Don't fix it! Just do not fix it!" And I even heard the them talking to each other, going, "Can we put just a different CD in?" Because I think obviously, if you work at a shop, you get you know you want to throw you want to throw all the bloody you know the the speakers out the window because you just hear that same Christmas song every day over and over again. So even they were like, "Oh, let's change the CD. We're sick of this bullshit." Um. So yeah. So so what we've been doing that at work just very quickly. We're oh just, right. Put yeah. a computer in the corner and we just like put on YouTube like Christmas compilations. So oh God, does that drive with... you crazy? Yeah. Because you not like. Well, yes and no because there's some songs. Like when John Lo- John Lennon's uh, "War Is Over" comes on, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, quite... yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. Have you ever heard um, uh, Bob Dylan "Must Be Santa"? That's a God. great. That is a great Christmas song. It's hardly ever played. Bob Dylan no a few years ago just Listen that one now because another one which isn't well known is Must is Beatles. Be it goes, Christmas time is here again. I think that's just the, the, the title. I'm assuming that's the title. But it's brilliant. It's just yeah, simple. Yeah. There's but no, yeah. like, there's no, like, naffing on about Santas and reindeers and snow. It's just, like, you know. <laughs> but um, the Bob Dylan must be Santa, and I encourage people to listen to it or listening, is um, because it was, a, it was a while ago, and I remember it because I just saw the music video of One Christmas, and we were sitting watching some, like, you know, channel hopping, and I was, it was during the, period of time where music videos were still like on mtv and stuff like that and so i was flicking on the channels and it, i think there might even be a news story actually about saying that bob dylan had brought out a christmas single that he was doing i think it was for charity and it was just called must be santa and it goes like he has a big bible and he knows he has a big bible he knows must be santa must be santa must be santa santa Claus. i suppose probably as much as i can sing without getting oh, yeah, too. I know that. but um uh but yeah, so um, it's a great pick-me-up song. It's not like a kind of, you know, a repetitive, annoying song that you get sometimes. Like, I'm so sick of the, um, it's Christmas! Like, I, I, are you I, sick of Slade, are you? Yeah, I'm sick of that song. Like, I, 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 I would happily not hear that for the rest of my life. It well, just, it, I don't it, mind it as such. I remember um, they were doing a program about it. I think it was Noel Gallagher came on. Yeah, yeah. That was his favourite. And the reason is, is largely down to Naughty Holder just screaming it's Christmas because it's it's basically just pure passion. Yeah. It's like, you know... No, I get just, it. I get yeah. it. Um, I get it. It's just, it's just, it's like overplayed. It's like the Pogues, like that Pogues, the Pogues song is... That's pretty good though. It's, it's, no, I'm saying it's, it's, it, that was my point is that it's brilliant. It is, it is possibly one, it's my favourite, one of my favourite Christmas songs by a mile, because if you actually Mine, listen to the lyrics, it's the most that. realistic Christmas song, like. They played, they played that song this morning on, um, on uh, BBC Newcastle, and I'm just wondering, is there still a watershed? Because they, they use the word faggot in that song. Yeah, you scum, you faggot, you cheap, lousy faggot, oh yeah, whatever it's, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, I get yeah. it, 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 it's a debate, I guess it's a debatable word, because some people may find it offensive, some don't. It's a very old, also as well, because that's meant to be about like a, a reflective song, and I guess like they're using it in the sort of context of what it used to mean, because it yeah. didn't mean, it didn't have like sort of, I guess that bad of a connotation mm-hmm. when it was first used, but um. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just think, um, you know, just. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Those are, those are the ones I'm sick of. I mean, is it like well, the thing is, some like Wham's Last Christmas. <laughs> it's like I, 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 I hate it. 
But in a weird way, it also reminds me of what at school, the school Christmas disco, and it was always playing. And when it, when are you pl- when you, when it was played, you always thought about that person you fancy. Ah, yeah, God, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, that's I think that's part of the um, I think that's part of the problem with Christmas songs is that like yeah, if you are missing someone or longing for someone, and you hear all these it's songs a cheesy about song yeah, it's always like um, the one that's constantly on at the pub that I go to. Um, is the Mariah Carey uh, the, oh, the, like the Mariah Carey one, and it's just yeah. all like obviously a loved up like you know all I want for Christmas, yeah. um, and I and I'm just like ah oh, I, I you know what I want for Christmas for it to be fucking over. That's what I want right now. I want this to be over. I want these songs to not be heard. Uh, I just I'm I'm sick of it. And and don't get me wrong, like. Like, I think me and Ricky have had this conversation privately, and I definitely have with friends that know me, is that, um, like, this is going to come across as that I'm the most dullest, like, you know, no one should be around me at Christmas time. It's not that at all. It's just, I, I like, like, I, one of the reasons I want to have a family eventually is that, um, you know, I, the idea of having, like, a Christmas day with my family and having all the Christmassy stuff and, you know, and doing all the stuff that Christmas requires and then maybe seeing some friends or, you know, and the, pe- the ho- I'm, I more care about it as a holiday season. Like, yeah. the fact that we all get the time off, or the majority of us do, and we actually get the chance to, like, you know, like, what, you know, Ricky won't mind me saying this, but before we started this podcast, me, I said to Ricky, like, oh, we should meet up during the, between Christmas and New Year, because it's the only time, really, that we, you know, that people most likely are going to have that time off, so, or at least our day off to, to hang out with people. So that's what matters to me, is that you get to see the people you love, like, that's what should be the most important thing. It goes yeah. back to this fucking thing of presence where you just you get so stressed about finding the right thing and you've got to talk to people you don't really want to talk to and um and finding the right one and like sort of price if you've you know if you've not got a huge amount of money it's finding like a better deal for yourself or finding an alternative if you can't get the thing that you really want someone to get and yeah, I just I, I don't know. So I'm I'm intrigued, like from your point of view, because I and I know you've I'm pretty certain we've discussed this with your sort of um I think you maybe touched on this last time you were on is that this that um I guess with your sort of um like your heritage as well like like does your family well how's your family sort of view Christmas like how do, what do you do? Well, we're of Hindu origin. Yes, we interesting. It's not like a it's it's not been a. It's not been like complete no no, but we've we've always kind of embraced it, and I always insisted as a kid that yeah, I, like <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> I, I would like. To I want presents, bitch. <laughs> yeah, the presents, yeah. How can you not? How can you not? Um, not want presents when you're a kid, for heaven's sake. So, mm-hmm. um, I got to tell this really quickly, even though. Really bad pun there, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Sorry. I was a really bad pun, heaven for heaven's sake. <laughs> uh, but we're not religious, so it's all fine. Um, but uh, I want to tell this really quickly. and I mean, hopefully my sister will give a better version of this, because hopefully my sister will come on uh, over the Christmas period. But um, So she'll tell this better than me. Um, one of the things that my brother used to do, to show how much that this is why I resent Christmas for a lot of... that this is a good example of this, my brother used to count me and my sister's presents... To see if he had more presents than us, yeah. and if he so what my sister used to do to wind them up, which is the most genius, and I used to get such a kick out of it because 
you know, the thing is, if you're the youngest, you're most likely going to get the most presents because people buy for the your kids when you get kids. Yeah. So I always had the most presents because I was like eight years younger than my brother. So I always got the, the a lot a lot of stuff because people wanted to buy for me, which makes a lot of sense. So he was never going to really win in that idea. So what my sister used to do to really wind him up was yeah. she used to take like because you always get you know like uh, I guess. It's always something, and I find it incredibly useful now as I get older. I used to find it a little bit annoying, but now I really would appreciate it. Um, you used to always get like socks and underwear and stuff like that. So socks, <laughs> in, so socks in particular, right? What yeah. my sister used to do is because they would be in a stack of like eight. She would yeah. before like when she would take one sock at a time and wrap them individually. And oh, then stack them up like there were eight presents. So, like, if it was an, a, 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 so say it was a pair of eight socks, she would yeah. mi- it, mi- put them all individual and take them out and make yeah. it eight presents instead of one. And then yeah. it would make it look, and she would then, like, you know, she would fold them in such a way to make it look like it wasn't uh, a sock as well. So she would put them in and, like, so you'd go, oh, I've got all these things. And then she'd be like, he'd be like, you're wasting a lot of wrapping paper. That's ridiculous. But like, you'd always like. But it. But you could tell in the back of your mind, he's like, still got more presents than news though. Like, and it was just like so brilliant that my sister took the time to do that because he was so he got so uptight about wanting to have more than anybody else. But then it's like the thing you start valuing is you start getting more valuable presents, like stuff you actually want when you get older. Because you know, I mean, you you get a lot of cool stuff. I'm not being you know disrespectful, but. You get kids stuff that you eventually grow out of for the most part. But like now I know that, you know, I'm going to get like, cause one of the things I said about, cause I need some like, you know, kitchen utensils. So I've said to my family, like, you know, if everyone wants to get me something practical and I'd really would use them and respect them is I need like, you know, some new bacon trays and, you know, you, you, maybe a nice pan or something that I can, you know, make things with and stuff. You know, I know that sounds really dull and really not good, not like a Christmassy thing, but I'm like, I'm looking at it as a practical thing of going, if people actually want to get me something, I'm not going to like, you know, sell or. Well, no, there's nothing wrong. Not I mean, what, yeah. what are most. What what's the most like um, popular items on on wedding um, gifts? It's always like utensils because yeah, it's people it's couples getting to know you know you might get a new house or something yeah, yeah. always get them yeah yeah but I'm glad you mentioned sisters because I think my sister out of all uh, of me my siblings was mm-hmm. the most um, wanting to embrace it in a proper way so she was always insisting on getting presents and <clears throat> and put them under the tree and doing it properly and one of my favorite memories. As a kid, because I always wanted to boot you as a kid. Ah, and I, yeah, I had to boot you. Still got it somewhere. And, and I still, I remember we didn't have enough wrapping paper. I knew <laughs> I'd got to boot you. So every time, for, for like it's a big few box, days yeah. before Christmas, I could always, I could see this Abudio box half wrapped under the tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but part of me was like, well, what's the point? I know what it's there. I, I know, know yeah. That's another thing that. That's what's so stupid about it when you go, what do you want? And you know that you got it and you got to wait till Christmas to get it. It's like, you know, that's why, like, I know some couples, like, to give you an example, like, um, I'm sure Nicola won't mind me saying this, but like Nicola and Alan, uh, um, she got a computer, um, which I guess is like a family 
present because I guess like she's not going to be the only one that uses it. But you know, with her living being at home and she plays video, you know, she plays more video games than her husband does. So she wanted to get a new PC because our PC was like 2009, and I play Elder Scrolls with her. So yeah. she got um, uh, she got a new computer, and it arrived like about ten days ago. And he was just like, "I don't see the point of like, you know, you're getting it. It's arrived. We need to set it up anyway to check that it's all working. What is the point in waiting ten days? You just." Because he just says, as long as you're aware of, I'm not going to get you anything else for Christmas so you know that's your present. Which I'm more than okay with, this idea that you have to wait. Because what fascinates me, and I want to ask you this, being that you just said about your heritage, being that you're, you know, from Hindu, you know, Hindu, you know, origin. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, you know, what I find, that to me sort of sums up how commercialized it's got. Because... The fact that you still do, you know, what intrigued me is I, I heard you distinctly say that, like, you, your, your sister wanted to put the tree up and all this kind of thing. Yeah, you know, if you look at it from a from a realistic point of view, it's meant to be a Christian, you know, holiday, even though it's not. It's a pagan one, and not to offend anybody, but it's true. Um, and they stole it, but uh, it, but but anyway. So the, the the premise is that it's supposed to be like a religious holiday. And yet we all celebrate it like it's a thing that we should do. So, like, that's why I, I to me, it makes much more sense practically to celebrate the holiday season because it's getting time off that we can use rather than actually celebrating it as, like, a religious thing for what it is. But I guess that's my same view as I have sort of on marriage in the sense of I don't see the point in getting married because I'm not, like, binding myself to God because I don't think God exists. So I don't see why I should do it because if I think if I'm in a committed relationship, I'm already married. Like that, that's how I view it as. But I'm just, so I'm so. If you want to elaborate on what you think, that would be interesting because I think you've got like a unique perspective because you, you don't you need to celebrate it. If you see what I mean, you mentioned hijack before, but hasn't isn't that the case where you know the the original message of what it was? It's it's just it's just been. So over time being eroded and eroded away. <laughs> where so true. the biggest religion we actually live in now is capitalism. Yeah. I mean That's a even great on point. A, even on a generic basis putting Christmas aside, I mean what do what do people do on a Sunday is they don't go to churches anymore hardly. They go to malls, they go and spend money, they go to supermarkets. Mm. It's like that's the that's the religion of modern times. Making is, money, yeah. Sell it, yeah. Sell it buying shit, yeah. yeah um do you know what's you know do you know what I, do you know what you've just made me realise? That was such a great point, right? Do you know what... You know how we made that joke earlier that my nephew now knows that he, the Santa Claus doesn't exist? Do you know yeah. the thing that I always remember more than even Santa Claus? And right. I know you're probably going to nod your head being that you were brought up the same place. Is the thing that used to always let me know that it was Christmas and used to get me so excited was the Coca-Cola advert. Yeah. Where I used to do the oh, it was Coca Cola, and it was and the truck going by in the town, yeah, 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 and the image going by, and that you know, I remember that so vividly and getting so excited when I used to see that on the TV in the build up to Christmas. Yet, if you look at it from a very sort of <laughs> very sort of like cynical viewpoint, it is advertising a brand of pop for children. I um and. You know, so so that is you can't can't get much more you know capitalized as or yeah, as as um as it as you know as that example. So yeah, it's such an interesting point because yeah, I mean that's why like you know 
Um, well, I mean, what's your view on? And I know there'll be, you know, if people are offended by this, I apologise. It's just the thing of this is my view, and like he may disagree with me. This is just my point is to we're being honest about it. Is that like so? I'm I'm intrigued to ask you because I see a lot of it around where I live. Is that what's your view on like Christmas decorations? Like and people <laughs> going a bit crazy, like you know, yeah, with them, like you no, know I I don't mind because I'm actually a fan of eccentrics, and if that's <laughs> what they, if that's what they want to do. <laughs> I mean, I remember. <laughs> just love the idea that that's that's it's eccentric. Uh, I I see what you're trying to say, but like you know. No, because I remember I remember this um, late night talk show. I think it was called Late and Loud back in the nineties. I remember. It? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, hosted by Nicky Campbell. Who's yeah, yeah. Five live in the morning. Now and does um, what's that show he does? The, the reunite on... families. Yeah. No, no. Isn't Nicky Campbell the guy who does that thing on Sundays where they talk about religion and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, The Big Question. The Big Question. My mum watches that. It's a good show. You also did Wheel of Fortune for a while. Yes. Um, Yeah, he's a good presenter. I like him on That Big Question. He's really good. He's a really good, uh, he's a really good, like, host of a room. He knows what he's doing. And they did a bit on eccentrics, and there's there's this guy, and he's, he's, I think he's, he, he thinks he's like he, I think he's sort of semi-famous. I mean, I'm sure he's if you Google him, you'd find him. But yeah, he yeah. basically lives Christmas every day. Every day he puts on the paper hat. He puts on the really? Christmas. Paper. Yeah. No, no, not him. Oh. Uh, what, the, uh, one of the guests who was on that show where oh, right. some eccentric people. And um, oh, I've heard that. Yeah, and he just greets everyone every day. He just greets them as Merry Christmas, even though it's like August, like you know. In the <laughs> It's like blazing summertime, and he's like, Merry Christmas, what the fuck's he on about? Take another f- five months away. That's one view I've always maintained about eccentric people, you know, if it, I think we do need eccentric people in this world sometimes. Mm, obviously, I, I, I mean, obviously, that's borderline crazy, Ricky. Yeah, for a second. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's up to them. I mean, again, it goes back to live their life the way they want. Borders, you know, I mean, Sorry? like. Within, 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 yes. like, control, I mean. Well, I mean, it's, that, that's good intentions. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to convey a positive message, message yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm not against that. I remember there was one story, it might be the same person you're referring to, but I remember, like, does he, was he, did, he, did this guy have, like, Christmas dinner every day and stuff like that? Yeah. I, he, yeah. Was, he has, like, th- in another documentary, he was on sure the, the short inside his house and he, his, his, his dining table was all, Decked out with mince pies and everything, and, and this, the, like that's Christmas his every day. Yeah. Oh wow! And, and yeah, you can say, "Are oh, you?" That's you, my idea of hell. <laughs> if if you what see that it? at my house and it's like March, it's because I've either died or I'm having a I'm having a massive <laughs> breakdown. Like I'm having a massive breakdown because I remember. Like, I uh, oh, what was that? Oh, was it the Beano? There was this. There was this family. They were called the Forgetfuls or something. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know if it was. What's ironic is you forgot about what it was. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, it could have been Wizard and Chips or something. But yeah. They said, uh, oh, it, it's getting near Christmas. Can you remember where the decorations are? And they, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's for brilliant. Much the, for much of the comic strip, they're hunting everywhere for, for the for the decorations, but they can't find it. That's and then finally, so... they get to the end. Oh, I found them. <laughs> and the, Where were they? <laughs> Why is that so funny? I've got no idea. But well, that's brilliant. That's, where were what they? a great concept for a television show. Where were they? Uh, oh, <laughs> they're still up. We just forgot that we, we forgot to took them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
fuck. Oh man, that was that really tickled me. I got it. I just this idea of just like because I'm very much. I mean, I'm one of these people. Um, you know, anyone close to me knows this. Is um, I'm like someone who loses their keys for two hours a day. You know, and I don't know where I put them and stuff like that. So. You know, I, I, they could easily, if they, if anyone wanted to make a program about that with me, I just, me walking around, go, like, getting very frustrated with things, cause, um, I'm very much, uh, like, I, my brain just can't, uh, I, my brain doesn't, like, sort of work that way, like, I, I, I'm, I, I can't get out of this habit of, when I come home, I just, it, my, I need to, like, empty my pockets, and my problem is, is I do it without realising, so I put my, wherever I'm, like, whatever I've walked in to do, so if it's, like, go, you know, if I walk into my flat and I need to go to the toilet, then I might have, like, on my way there, put it on, like, my kitchen table or something like that, or my coffee table, and, because I'm, like, desperate for the toilet, and so, I just, the first thing I do is empty my pockets, and just so then it's, like, a, a, like a orienteering uh, uh, you know uh, expedition to find where I've put the damn things but so yeah I can understand being forgetful in that manner but um, but I mean like are you so so what's your sort of like overall view of Christmas and that do you do you, I mean like what well, do you do what you do you do for presents yeah you mentioned Scrooge and I was a Scrooge mm-hmm. uh, big time where I just hated it and you know what I'm, I'm going to be Probably we're going to sort of enter like you know the emotional impact, but yeah, at Christmas I, I used to feel incredibly lonely. Um, from Christmas right through to the New Year, you know when your mates would go out and, and have a good time on New Year's Eve. I never used to do that as a, as, as in in my youth, like in my teenage years and stuff. So yeah, it was, but that was also when my my PTSD was sort of manifesting. So mm. there was another side to that. Maybe I was like anxious and scared to go out as well. Oh, so uh, I mean it. Well, to, to 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 elaborate on what Ricky just said, because uh, he knows that I used to do parties at my house for years, for about I don't know, a good, I think it was eight. I don't know, I don't know how long it was, but years and years in a row, as it used to be my parents' house, because my mom used to go, um, used to go with her friends on a hotel and got basically, um, they would book a room in a hotel and get drunk. Uh, with our friends, it was a great idea. I'd like to, I would like to do that in my fifties when my mom used to do it. I'm like, I'll totally do that. Like, just hire a, hire a hotel and just get drunk in the hotel lobby or whatever, or go on a night out in the town and and uh, know that you don't have to worry about getting home. Um, so yeah, it was a really clever idea. So I took advantage of that and used to, so used to have friends round at my parents' house. But the problem was, um, yeah. and, but the reason I did it though, to to the point I was getting at was um. For the same reason you did is that I had I have terrible anxiety, like well not I I'm I'm careful to say that because obviously it's knowing yeah like your level but I just mean I get maybe maybe the better word is apprehension in that I get like sort of apprehensive towards New Year's Eve because I hate New Year's Eve for the same reason like I just find it amateur night and I, I mean we're gonna do a new year's eve special anyway so we'll probably talk about this more in the other, other episode but but just basically i'm very much like a um yeah i'm just very just because especially if you're lo- like you know if you, you it, it, it reminds you of loneliness it's the same thing as valentine's day i always make the thing of valentine's day maybe is just a reminder that you're single and it's not, this idea of reminding someone that you're with someone, I just find silly. Any time I've been with someone on Valentine's Day, I'm like, I'll get you something because of the fucking concept. But the idea, it, surely the idea is that you love them and you give them stuff 
you know, every now and again because you're going out with them, why be that one day? Like, I would, you know, does it mean that if I have a random day when I want to get my girlfriend flowers or a nice gift or take them out or give them a surprise, it has to be on a day that someone else assigns to some value to it? Like, I, I, I hate that idea. And again, it's this commercialised uh, view of the... It's the same as Mother's Day and Father's Day and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, there's, there's days for everything now. It's going to be like, you know, oh, you know, it's Chipmunk Day. You know, anyone who's got a Chipmunk has to... Um, has to uh, you know acknowledge that they Amazing exist. Social media has kind of galvanized all these different days. Mm. You know, it was like Christmas jumpers day the other day. Oh, um, really? Seriously? Yeah. Oh god. Well, I mean it, it leads to a much more serious point and I know we we've sort of have a slight disagreement with this is that this is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of like an awareness day either. Um as much as I understand its point and its purpose, it's this idea... Because, like, it's like if if they had, like, a bipolar disorder day, it's like, I deal with bipolar disorder every day, so the idea of just dealing with it for one day or letting people be more aware of it is, like, I make people aware of it all the time because I live it, live it, and the people in my life that know about it. But I guess the whole point of it is to make it aware to people who don't know much about it, but... Um, I, I, in some ways, I remember Cornel West saying this about Black History Month uh, in America, is that it defeats the purpose by the very definition of calling it a month, because it's almost like going, because it sort of implies, oh, we're going to do a real, real lot, of, lot about this particular issue on that one day, but for 363 days of that year, we're going to, like, not I pretend. suppose one good aspect of, like, you know, there's things like World Mental Health Day, it, yes. it allows, um, it allows to do things on on certain times mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be on the exact day but like it because it doesn't always fall on a weekend for so at times but like you know it allows to put on certain events where you can like yes. have schools and things but and i agree with what you say because it wasn't long after that where unsurprisingly there a lot of articles were appearing it says you know every day should be a world mental health day why do we have to you know yeah pinpoint it and and and, and but, but your point but that's why i said it's a slight disagreement because i remember you making that point to me a while ago and i was like that is a very valid point because maybe you could look at it as see i'm probably speaking from the position of strength because i'm i'm okay right now and i've obviously am i've i've got reached a point point in life where i'm i i, I don't care and i'm just gonna i don't care in the sense of that i'm not afraid of speaking about what i go through um, maybe someone on mental, World Mental Health Day who's struggling could look at it as a World Mental Health Day and go, oh, I'm going to speak about what I'm going through. Like, So that it might be the nudge that they need to talk about it. So if they do something like that, it's totally worth it. I just think this idea of people making it so important that it's like... it, it, it's, it as long as people don't make it so important that it, it, it devalues the, the the very reason that it's there... So yeah. it devalues the actual like cause that they're that they're mentioning it for. Because like I, I remember making this argument to my mom when I went to see my auntie in hospital over the Christmas, or, like because she's unfortunately you know, going through a bad time recently. Mm. Is last time we were there, my mom was pointing out posters going oh like from uh, Parkinson's UK, and she oh. was like pointing the posters going oh look there's another poster Parkinson's UK look, and she was like oh look at how well we're doing, and I was like. I, I try to be really nice and go, that's really cool. And like, my mom's really involved. And, you know, I, I, you know, for those that I encourage people, it's been a while since we did it, but my, me and my mom did an episode about Parkinson's because I thought it was important to have her on to talk about it because it's affected, obviously affected her life and affected us as a family a lot. And um, because she has to deal with it, but she's 
brilliant about it and she's you know she's very active and involved in partisans uk and they supported our huge amount so i'm a huge fan of theirs but i just made the very very simple point and she was very um very understanding about me making it was um have you noticed the fact that there's other posters that you're not pointing to and it was just my point of i get that you have parkinson's and i get that you're proud of what they've done but it's like what about all the other posters that it's next to as well you should care. like it's almost like you know don't forget that there's other people who need to have awareness too this is my this is why it would be great wouldn't it but i guess it's part of the circumstance of what we live in which is why i accept it and i'm not being uh, please understand i'm trying not to be overly critical but it's just it would be nice wouldn't it if we were all under the banner of the it's a mental health issue as in everyone it's everyone's problem and and therefore we all should deal with it instead of having this thing of oh it's bipolar disorder it's it's this charity it's this charity it's this charity because um I just find it, um, like, to elaborate on that point, um, I, I, I ran into a website recently, um, where I ran into, that's probably, a, that's a poorly phrased sentence, yeah, I ran into a website, and it was, it was like a, it was alive, and it was starting to kill me, um, no, um, I got, I came across, I came across a website. Tripped over your laptop or something. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I decided to manifest the website is the problem. Um, but anyway, so, I came across a website about mental health and it was a charity basically saying, we'll, 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 we'll offer you free advice and support. And they had like a bunch of therapists and a bunch of people who you can ask advice. And it also, it had like a helpline and stuff like that. Um, and what I noticed as well, so I, I just because I came across it, I was like, oh, this is intriguing because I suddenly was in this frame of mind of going, you know, what if someone was in a really, really bad situation? Has the situation changed? Because obviously a couple of years ago, I was in, you know, psychiatric hospital and a whole bunch of things. So I was like, oh, I wonder what's happened in the two years. And so I was looking at all these alternative stuff and I came across this site, right? And you're going to find, I, I, this is really, this, I hope, I, I'm intrigued to know if this surprised you as much as it did me. So it was this site, and I, I wish I'd remember the name of it, but if someone Googles it, they'll find it. But um, So it was a mental health charity that's set up to help people through, obviously, stuff, you know, mental health difficulties. So I looked at the helpline, and then I re- and then it said, like, you require, in order to get help, you require to send documents to prove, to, to prove that you're eligible. And so I um uh I emailed I emailed them because I was like, what do you mean by documentation? Like, do you have to prove that you're ill? Like, that's really interesting. So I emailed them and said, you know, un- you know, potentially could I, you know, if I needed an uh, help, what do you what do you, what what do you mean by documentation? Like, what's what's your basically what's your criteria? Um, and they got back to me and said they were a mental health charity specifically for the motor trade industry. So you had to have a documentation to prove that you're in the sort of motor trade business. So I guess it's like, I guess it's sort of truckers who get depressed, you know, because it's a very difficult job and it's very like, you know, energy sapping and you, all this kind of thing. You had to basically prove you're in the motor trade business. And so it was like, so I, I, I suddenly understood why it had a front, like the front page had like people standing near cars and stuff. And I thought that was a bit odd. And so I suddenly like realized that like, yeah, it was a, it was a, like a, I guess like sort of almost like a union or something, uh, uh, and it was they 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 offered free help, if, but but only. So this is that's an example of where I'm like, isn't that a little too specific? Because I managed to find their site and say I was in help, needing help, 
I basically wouldn't have been allowed to get it under the criteria of I just happened to have not worked for a more trade company before. And I'm like, that's very, very specific and very, like, the fact that you have the funds to do this and you're limiting it, but I guess it's this whole issue of funding and stuff, I guess that is the the wider issue, but I just Mm. found that fascinating. I was like, hmm. But isn't isn't that quite common because obviously you have... It's like with PTSD, obviously, when you, when you want to help ex-military, they're going to have... It's like not all... There'll be PTSD ones where they want specifically people who've been in the army because, like, you know, you have combat stress and you have all these other mm. similar ones. I guess it's <coughs> just targeting certain uh, uh, workforces. But, yeah, I, I, you're right in the sense that you'd want more of them to be inclusive because... Um, you actually reminded me of something that um, I wanted to bring up with you. Um, have you ever come across anyone or, like, have you ever read anything about SAD, as in, like, seasonal... Is it seasonal affective disorder? Like, I mean, is that... What, what's your sort of view on that? Can you... Sort of, I, can you... I did have a bit of that when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. I used to get very depressed when, uh, especially in winter months, mm-hmm. because that was that was during the time when... <clears throat> I guess the whole time was symbolic, because... I didn't like school very much at a certain time in my youth, and mm-hmm. and you know when September used to kick in, and the the days would get would would sort of you know the light would get uh, cut off shorter and shorter, and uh, yeah, it was just symbolic for me, and and I used to just hate it, I used to get really down, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a time when I was really looking to invest in a getting the the boxes, you know the the light boxes, um, but I was intrigued in having. I remember seeing ones where these really, really mega expensive ones where you would actually fit them across your windows and they looked they look like Venetian blinds. All right. And each and each, and each sort of like <clears throat> blind that went either across or, or down mm-hmm. used to light up to give the impression that it was light outside. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. That was the one I wanted. I didn't want a box. Because you know what? I'm, even though I quite like night... And as as you know, I'm a very nighty person. I think the thing that affects my mental health slightly yeah. is that I don't like short days. Mm. So when it gets to like sort of three o'clock in the afternoon here, because it's heading towards the shortest day, yeah. and that it's like it gets sort of really heading towards like as in it's really really dark by three in the afternoon. That really yeah. messes with my head. Um. So yeah, I don't really, I don't really like that. But in terms of winter, um, I, 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 it's weird for me because I don't like this. I don't like the summer, as in I don't like hot weather anyway. So not me, not now. Well, so, you know, remember when we did that workshop? <laughs> of July, it was like the hottest day. Of oh the god, year. that was awful. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? yeah, I remember like you struggled to get in that one day because it was just yeah, and everyone was like dying. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um. It's funny because my friend Michelle, like, talking about, like, really ridiculous weather because I think we're going to get that storm version because she had a storm in Chicago. And I think where the, the, the sort of, the, the, the storm that was affecting her is going across the, the ocean and is coming towards us because um, she storm had, like, Barbara. minus 30. Storm Sorry? Storm Barbara, it's called, I think. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, um, yeah, she had a storm because when we last played Elder Scrolls last weekend... Um, and she's from Chicago. Is um, she sent sent us like the conversion between Celsius and Fahrenheit because they use Fahrenheit, I think, over here, over there, and we use Celsius. And uh, it was like minus twenty five, twenty five or something, which is like ridiculous. So 
because of the chill factor as well it was windy it was a windy as well so yeah so um that's too cold so there is sort of a limit to my cold my enjoyment of how cold it is but i prefer being indoors um and so as long as i've got like i i do kind of again like i said i think the whole part of the holiday season is having a little bit of company and and feeling loved and respected and appreciated and all this kind of thing so um that's what i like about it so that's fine um but yeah i understand this whole thing of it goes back to the 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 stress i had today which i'm pleased is over because I, you feel it until you deal with it and i still have it because i've got to deal with it tomorrow it's just buying for everybody and like making sure you don't forget anybody and just this whole like this whole like pressure of that you have to get stuff people things and um you see going back to the whole the i mean in, in a way the two are intertwined because yeah. I, I i i still love summer nights because i think it's brilliant when it's late in the night and it's still mm-hmm. lighting i light outside to do whatever you want and it reminds me of the good times when you know you'd go out drinking with friends and mm-hmm. um you know you'd, you'd sit in a pub and it'd be like nine nine o'clock and it was still bright and you're just having a good time oh that's nice that's one of the yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the best things about summer, summer. So to, when that ends, it was also a down downturn. So to me, as a kid, when I used to feel depressed, uh, that's a good point. I think it was seasonal affective sort of because I wasn't keen on going back to school either, and it was all it was all very symbolic. That's a good point, yeah. And um, end of summer, now, I was like, oh, we're going into winter here. But now, as you say, um, when you ask in the original question, um, I, I I I actually quite look forward to Christmas now, not because I'm yeah. big, not because I'm big on Christmas, but it's. But that was my beginning I, question. If you remember, it was like, you know, does it does it get better as you get older? And I, it, I think it does. Oh, it probably does. I mean, yeah. I enjoy seeing the lights and the eccentrics and how weird and wonderful <laughs> they are. Doesn't mean I have to get into it, but maybe I enjoy people um, enjoying them themselves and what they get up to. I, I, part of me says, "Well, good for you." It's funny, yeah. it's funny, you know, when you said like, was it? Was, did I hear that right? That you said that there's a day for Christmas jumpers. Yeah, I've suddenly realised how funny that is. That's it's brilliant. Because um, I have to say, and you know, maybe you might see me in it. I might, you know, what it is. I might buy a Christmas jumper and like uh, meet you. Because I'm not. I'm very again. I don't own anything Christmassy or anything like that. I'll wear. A, I might wear like a. I'm. I'm not totally Ebenezer Scrooge, and I'll wear. A, I'll wear like a you know a, a Santa hat or something for my nephew or something. But. Um, I don't own any Christmas jumpers, but um, I was a little bit, like, um, jealous when I went round to my friend Nicola's and her mom had brought us some Christmas jumpers. And one of the Christmas jumpers she had, which made me incredibly laugh, uh, was it was a, it was Santa, a, a picture of Santa with a beer just drunk. And it was like a drunk Santa on the front of it, and I just and considering she had our children are five and seven, I'm like, is that a, is that like age appropriate to be wearing? Like, you have to explain why Santa's looking a bit merry, um, quite literally. You know so what? that's one of my that's one of my favorite viral videos. I don't know if you've seen it, but about the drunk. The, I've the, seen it. Yeah, the drunk Santa in Germany. Yeah. Yes, where he's like. He can't stand up. He's just strolling mm. along. He keeps falling over. Well, wasn't that the basic idea about Bad Santa the film? It was sort of based on oh, that, was that idea. Why that was it? Uh, something like that. I don't. I don't think. Oh. I don't know how long ago that particular viral video was, but I don't. It might not be the same one. But I'm pretty certain Bad Santa the film came yeah. out of a viral video of that was a viral video of of a Santa essentially misbehaving, and it it was people thought it was so funny. Because isn't there a second version of that out out now with Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. Um, I like the first one. 
It was, I've not it, seen it. it it's really silly. It's really it's it's you know it's it's definitely for adults. Um, yeah, because it's famous for um, Lauren, Lauren Graham. Um, this is quite rude, but obviously this is an over eighteen podcast. But uh, it is um, uh, that uh, Lauren Lauren Graham, who was in Bad Santa the original, and she's ended up she ended up in Parenthood and a bunch of other shows. Um, the the number one thing she says she really sort of hate hate being in that film, even though she had a good time, because yeah. the 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 line that she's remembered seeing in it is "fuck me Santa" like over and over again, because. Yeah. Basically, Billy Bob Thornton's character goes into the bar and gets drunk, and then she basically shags her in the uh, shags her in the car, and she just keeps going "fuck me, Zana, fuck me, Zana, fuck me, Zana," <laughs> um, over and over and so over that's, again. That's her, that's her "I'm Spartacus." Thing yes, literally, she's like every time yeah. anyone recognizes that, even though she might get some for Parenthood because that's a fairly big show over there. But um, yeah, she said like the and. Because I remember she mentioned this on Craig Ferguson's show. That's amazing, because it's like, you know, when... It's like Sylvester Stallone, every time he goes what places, people yell out, yo, Adrian. Yeah, Adrian. When yeah. she goes around... <laughs> oh, you, know, you know how we like... Because uh, you'll appreciate this, a Howard Stern reference, is I watched a, a clip today of um, Artie, and it was about... I didn't, I didn't know this, I hadn't seen this clip before, but it was him talking about... It was during his sort of trying to get well phase... And it was after he broke up with Dana, his long-term girlfriend, and he was talking about this new girl who he said he was sort of in love with, and her name was Adrian. So Fred, Fred, every time he, she mentioned it, Fred would go like Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just oh, just every time like Fred did it because Fred's got like I was I know we've we've talked about this privately, but I still maintain I think Fred Norris. Is the most gifted person on that show because like, he, well, never, yeah. he never, he never well, like oversteps his welcome and like he always that, does it at the right time. When Eric, Eric the Eric the actor, aka yeah. the midget, you know, R.I.P. Mm. Eric Lynch because he was my favourite um, whack pack. But it was always it was always Fred who did the, his voice. Yeah. <clears throat> you know that in the background, <laughs> it was always Fred. Yeah, I always liked his impression of GAD as well. That was brilliant. Whatever it was, almost like he was doing like Jay Leno or something. But it was like, yeah, it was JD because like that 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 game that Wolfie did. There's a guy called Wolfie used to yeah. ring in all the time, yeah, and he did this game where he'd write down what JD would say in a sentence, and he would just he was such grammatically incorrect because it would be JD going, well, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. What I said, I don't know. Whatever, yeah, that's it. Great. <laughs> and you just like the grammatically write. So you would write them down grammatically and refer them to Howard, and they would just laugh at how grammatically like he had he couldn't speak properly. JD and like like if you watch the newly newly weird game they did, but it was Howard and Fred. It was it was the the people from the show. So it was Sal and Richard, um, John Hine and Gary Delabate and uh, Howard and Fred and they were competing oh, against each other. About, I talked to you about Gary. Go on, Ali. Sorry, what about Well, have you noticed like recently, like the thing that you know? Because I know you've watched the whole Artie, the Artie thing on Obi and Obi. Well, yeah. not Obi and Anthony now, it's just Obi. But um, do you know how he mentioned that like Gary Delabate has kind of like lost his power now, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah. But go on, what were you going to say about Gary Delabate? No, just uh, I, I saw the, the you know, Baba he's the fundraise to watch his video to his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Did uh, I, I Did I recommend that to you? Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought if you I did. It's one of the, 
because I think I remember telling you that it was always the like in the top ten of the most best episodes, and yeah, oh, it's so brilliant, yeah, Great. absolutely <laughs> awesome. Because he's like the the bit where he goes that the, the oh there would be no you don't have there's not enough money in the world, and then all of a sudden they like raise within a matter yeah. of half an hour about fifty grand or something. He's like, I have one thing to say. Uh, it'll start at ten shop. <laughs> it'll start at yeah. seven shop or something. The next and m- they kept the next saying, because um, I think the, the the funniest line was when he, he sort of said, "I've lost a lover, I've lost a best friend." And yeah, they, I know. <laughs> wailed and laughed. <laughs> and they were like, "I've also lost my toothbrush." <laughs> 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 oh man, it's so funny. But um, but anyway, yeah, great, great show. Anyway, obviously, like you know, yeah, I mean, there'll be people who know who Gareth Stone is because he's a. I'll just man. listen just very briefly mm. to some other um Gary clips when just how much he would mooch of of being being associated with with mm. with Stern. Like Stern was having a proper Gordon because you know you go to all these film premieres, but just because you're associated, and I don't know about it. When really it should have been like uh, Robin who should have went to them because at least when Robin goes, should come back and talk to, talk to Stern about it on, on live on air. Yeah, like, yeah. Like a review. And I'm now I'm finding point. out you're you're all, you're going to all these premieres on my behalf and I don't even know about them. The po- there was a point I remember he made that sim- he made a similar point to that, and I I was kind of like, what's the big deal? But then when Howard explained it, I was like, that actually is a really really very morally you know intelligent point in relation to like he doesn't want to put the the point the one the one that i saw that really like honed in what it what i thought was a very sensible thing was he um richard and sal had um decided to do a party um for sal's birthday but it was at scores the place that they often mention which is like the strip club in new york that they go to and it's owned by one of howard's friends so they basically like organized it, and but they made it sound like isn't that Howard... where Ronnie, Ronnie Mund always goes to as well? Because he's like yes, strip clubs and he's So like, yeah, they organ Richard like organ. I think like the, the Richard or pop people in the crew organized it, yeah. and because they had like obviously sent it going, oh, the Howard Stern show would like to have a room, like because they're gonna have a birthday party there. They they sort of made it. Uh, like sound like Howard might be going so because it, they made it sound that way that they basically like got a lot of the stuff paid for because the guy who owns it was like didn't want to upset Howard or that's yeah. the agreement because they're friends and having Howard go there is obviously good publicity um, and they want and, you know maybe they'll talk about it on the show so when Howard found out about it like the next week on the Monday he basically grills them for about half an hour going like I don't and his point which I thought was so valid I don't want to put him in the position of that he feels that he has to do me a favor yeah. because you're you're um you're sort of taking advantage of my name by getting free stuff and not paying for it because he found out that like that they didn't pay the tab or something because they were just like oh it's on us and he knows that like you know would they really do that if it would they weren't associated with howard i mean that's a really good point mm-hmm. uh, if i was at howard's level and found that people were going around using my name and getting free stuff out of it i'd be very and I have had that, unfortunately, on on the scale that on the level that I'm at, I have had situations where people have used, you know, Geek Apocalypse name as like to go around going, "Oh, I'm from Geek Apocalypse," and get some free stuff, you know, at conventions and you know, handed stuff. And then I've found out after the fact, I'm like, "Oh, they don't work for me," and um, you know, so that 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 can happen. 
Um, so you know, and obviously I was very upset about that because it, it, it Howard's point of it makes him sound like a scrounger or like he's taking advantage of people when you know he he wants to treat people fairly. Which when you phrase it that way, it's like that's a really good point, and people who are taking advantage of a person's name should, you know, at the very least, ask the person first. Mm-hmm. Like so, at least if Howard then arranged it and said it's okay with him, then do it that way. But um, so I thought his point was really valid. So this finally, because we were talking about, um, we mentioned Bad Santa and stuff like that, and um, what what's your, you know, we mentioned films as in, because obviously, you know, I, I Christmas period, films are always stuff that people watch. What's your go-to Christmas film? Like, what what would you say is your, your favourite? Well, I think it, I think it is. Do you know what, I have... Is, is it, it Last it, Action, is it Last Action Hero? <laughs> no, I, I, it would be the one I referred to before. It was Escape to Victory. Oh yeah, sorry, you did say that. I, yeah. I remember. I remember as a kid, like getting my Christmas meal because my aunt used to come around as well, and she was another one like my sister who would who would make an effort to try and make us do it as as properly as we could. And, and just very quickly as well, my sister in law was obviously like a new addition to the family, like because my, my brother got married. I think it was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. And when she joined, she wanted to make such an impression that even when Christmas came, she would always like buy each and every one of us like gifts, even though we we didn't really bother that much, like you know, returning the favor type thing. Mm. But um, that's another yeah. thing that that's another thing that's awful about Christmas, don't you think? Is that you find there's a person who decided to get you a gift, and you're yeah, like, oh but god, I've got to get a gift back now, yeah. or you feel really guilty because like. I didn't get you a gift. I didn't realize you were doing gift. This is one of the reasons, like, the greatest thing that my best friends ever did, like, my friends from school, and I know, we, we you know, just to clarify, me and Ricky, under uh, our, our gift to each other is we're going to see each other over the Christmas period. <laughs> like, uh, it, But, like, and it's the same with my school friends, like, from, from 20-odd years ago that I've known obviously a long time. We've we've never gave each other gifts the entire time we've known each other because and it's the same like for birthdays the treat they give me for my birthday is we'll go out together and we'll have a night out on town or and here's the thing here's the thing in my in my middle school right it was always a tradition to buy the get the teacher a gift (laughs) I think that did for us for a while we were talking about this I was talking about this but the odd thing was right when it when it got to high school. I bought my high school teacher a gift, but no fucker else did. <laughs> and it was like, well, these guys obviously, because you know when high school people had come brilliant. from different, like primary and middle schools. <laughs> I, I want to make a really controversial joke of going, did you go like, ooh, does, ooh, ooh uh, Ricky's uh, very very keen. <laughs> well, it was a she. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. No, there you go, yeah. Uh, a little bit of old was it a little and, bit of, and since then was I've it a little bit of a crush, Ricky. To be honest, has it, has it <laughs> always been a selective thing in certain schools, or did every school did it? Because and, and is it a thing in high school where you become teenager, you just don't, you can't be asked, or you think? Well, I, it's weird that I had this co- like I had this conversation recently with my 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 good friend Nicola when I was around because she has two children, and while I was there, her kids were writing out Christmas cards for their entire form class. And I was like, bloody hell, that's like, you know, they would, they, he was so, so her, her son, Ollie, was sit, uh, Oliver, was sitting down, um, was sitting down, like, writing his name to 40 cards with different people and had, like, a, a, a printed out, printed out list of, like, who he had as in his class. Uh-huh. And then, um, Nicola had found out on the school run that day when they came back with some cards that one of them was for off his teacher. 
So like, or from the school. So basically, her response, which I thought was hilarious, was she's like, oh, "I'm gonna do this bloody thing for the teachers as well." <laughs> so she made, some, so she like added to the list like all the teachers he's got, which unfortunately with them being it, they're they're still in uh, primary school. So you know, it was really cool. Um, so they've about, only got one teacher really. So about the cards which I sent this year, which wasn't very many, it was only yeah. like select few people. But my sister-in-law. um she gave me a bunch of cards. She says, oh, I got these from nursery. Because what they did write, there's like a fundraising cause in, in behalf of another uh, uh, kid there. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is, it's like a, this charity. Um, I think it's a charity anyway. Mm-hmm. I need to look into it a bit more. But what they've done is, each kid in the nursery who's like, you know, and like they do their own Christmas cards where they stick cotton wool and, you know, like on the front, like snowman, and they bring them home for their... But what these do is, right, they they actually take a picture of the of the card that each kid has done. Mm-hmm. You know when they mess about with glitter and cotton wool and everything. Yeah. And they actually turn it into a real card. Oh. So it's like a photograph of their design at the front, and then it's like got a printed message in, inside, and then behind it's got it's it's like got a credit to the to the kid which designed the front. Oh, like that's nice. The real thing. So I've given I've actually given that card out from my nephew to to everybody. Oh, and, I see. That's nice. Yeah, that's yeah. You see, so that that kind of thing makes a great deal of sense. That that's why I'm like I'm quite a big fan of e cards. Like if you because you can make, you know, a bit of effort. Like I know people some sets that there'll be people who think it's sort of a cop out to just send send an electronic card. But you know, if you get if you actually get one and then you can actually like you know I know you can cut like there's one I did one year where I customized it. I think yeah. it was from my, to my sister and I customized it like quite a bit and changed it to the way I wanted it to be and yeah. and um. You know, so I, I don't mind that, especially. I, that, I used to make GIFs. Yeah. Where yeah. I would just basically, I paint a town, a wintry town, and then just make the lights, like, go off so and on. a little bit creative, and I like that. Instead of just getting a generic bloody car, I, and just I, a generic I, you know, car. I can't be bothered to do that anymore. I'm well, just... yeah, I get that. It's time-consuming. But, like, that, that's, well, that's just one of the, another reasons why, like, I find... You know, I, I, I'm very careful with this because I know it upsets people when I say cards are obsolete. But they are, they are to a certain extent. Like, if you, I understand giving someone a card if you don't see them. So, like, if you send a card, you know, like if I send something to my cousins who I might not see who live near London, for example, that makes a great deal of sense. But giving card, like actually passing a Christmas card to someone you're going to see in the Christmas period, I find so bizarre because why don't I just go, like when you meet them, go. Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas! Like, yeah, you give them a hug and be like, you know, be grateful that they're in your life. Then the card is like obsolete. This idea of having to have it written down is. I don't know. See, I, I don't. I don't mind them as much now. I think. Yeah. I, I, I think, in a way, it's quite sweet that that people have just made the thought and effort. I guess, but I agree. Uh, it's like this thing. Um, again, I think time the, is the whole handshake thing. and hug. It's yeah. like, you know, now that we live in a selfie culture, it's like when I met, whenever I was lucky enough to meet what my, you know, my idols, like um, members of my favorite bands of all time and stuff, it's like, to me, okay, you might get the autograph, but to me, like a handshake and hug was, was all that was sufficient. Now it's like, you know, you walk up to them and say, or if I have a quick picture and you have to do that cheesy kind of smiley <laughs> thing, that selfie thing, you know, and then they post it all over the internet and it's like, yeah. I don't think I could do that, but I've fallen in that trap because I do do that now sometimes. Yeah. Like very, very recently, I met um, Peter Hook, the guy from New Order, Joy Division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was one of my heroes, and I did the exact same thing. <laughs> you know? Photo bombing. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. Like, I try and do that at conventions really sneakily because I know that, like, they charge you for a photograph, but then you just kind of like, oh, I'm just checking my settings on my phone. <laughs> and then, like, right behind, like, you, and then, like, you just take right behind them because I'm like, oh, look, there's Robert Llewellyn happened to be sitting behind me. You uh, know, when you talk to um, Claudia Schiffer, did you, did you not Claudia get Claudia Schiffer? Claudia Christian, you mean? It was Christian, sorry. <laughs> Claudia Schiffer. If I, if I, uh, if I um, interviewed Claudia Schiffer, I'd be like, <laughs> you're very beautiful. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it was never my type, but yeah. No, not really, well, yeah. Oh, no, I get your point. No, I would just, uh, supermodels go, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you. I was not really, didn't really But, but when, when you met... Claudia so Christian. At that convention, did they have a, a rule there about selfies? Um, um, you could. I, I don't think they did because th- th- they had a very good attitude of you could take any pictures you wanted with your phones, like if as long as the people were okay with it. And I don't even think they charged for it; they just charged for autographs, which makes sense because autographs are unique, obviously. So, but um, they did do professional photos that were twenty pound or something. Um, I got some free ones done. I, I I got given a free copy of one, which I actually don't know where the fuck it is. I think it's actually might still be. That honest. was a stupid rule at the Comic Con. I went to Newcastle last year where David Prowse no. and had all these stupid like yeah, no fa- flash photography. Who's and... on the table? Yep. You, you know, you oh, you should have seen it in um. Should you should have seen it in the and I and I and I I'm I'm obviously you know you know I've have done media for these so I'm I'm very yeah. um I'm very you know I I. I'm not bashing the convention as a whole, but it just makes me sad because it's not what conventions used to be like. Is yeah. the MCM one, which is like the biggest one in Amer- in uh, in the UK, which I went to last year, um, was very um, it, it found it's it felt very uh, like again this capitalist approach that we were talking about earlier, like what Christmas is like, where it's very impersonal. Um, and that's not really why people go to conventions is that they want to feel like they're involved and feel like they're a special that you try and treat them even though it's like a group activity you treat every individual like they're important and they get the opportunity to see obviously someone that they admire or like you know or or fans of and the what they did in the mcm was they'd have them like as um almost like you were you were queuing to get tickets they were like it, it was very impersonal and like you're like right next then you would go up to them and it'd be like you'd have like 30 seconds and you can only get one thing signed and it was ever it was 20 like there was there, to give you an example nolan north right wayne told me this story and it's, we've talked told the story before but um it was 20 pound to get something signed per thing what? so 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 a guy right which is ridiculous usually it was 20 usually it would be 20 pound you just get whatever you wanted signed um, for mo- for some of the ones i've went to it was 20 pound for everything so this guy in front of Wayne, because Wayne went to get his Uncharted Special Edition signed, I think. Um, he, This guy went up with every single Uncharted game as a yeah. single. So there's probably, including like the Vista, the uh, Golden Abyss for the Vista, and uh, so and all, and the other three, and I think there was, there was a, another, and like the Special Edition, and, and uh, all this kind of stuff. So um, I think maybe six or seven items of un- uncharted related items, yeah. and uh, paid one hundred and forty pound because he yeah. had to pay for each individual item twenty pound each because he yeah. wanted it all to be signed by Nolan North. So yeah. Nolan North at that time, I imagine, because I think they could get all the money for the or autograph. See, I used to, I used to, because well, I'm a, a record money. I'm a record money. collector, and when I used to go to fairs. 
I mean, any special guests there, they were fine. That you would just go along and take your, whatever you bought or whatever you brought along and they'd be happy signing them. Going back to when I met Peter Hook, I mean, it wasn't quite a selfie. What I mean by that is, is mm-hmm. that because it, because what I, what it actually was, it, he was giving a talk about because he just released a new book, mm-hmm. and and it, it was quite controversial as well, which is why it's it's gained a lot of publicity. Is because he wrote about, um, you know, he, he was married to Carolina Hearn. Oh yeah, uh, and he talked about how he was abused by her girl from a uh, fast show, uh, and yeah, and the royal family, and mm-hmm. um, and he got he's got a bit of stick for that because of the timing of it, because she, you know, it wasn't long after she died and stuff. But anyway. Oh yeah, uh, it was the girl who did Mrs. Merton, wasn't it as well? As, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he he did the music to to the Mrs. Merton show, like the the you know the 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 house band. Oh uh, yeah, it was like Hooky and the Boys or That's whatever. Anyway. But anyway, he's he's big icon of mine because you know Fair I enough. love Joy Division, New Order. No, no. So what you do is afterwards, when when he did his talk, he said, and, and you know he'll be signing because obviously he's going to be selling his books, so which they were doing, and so he was there to sign them. So it'd be a queue. And when you get up to, to towards him in the queue, you well beforehand while you're waiting in the queue, there's a woman that goes around. And I think they do it at, at, at all these like book signings that you have her written on a piece of paper, like to to who it is and from and all that stuff, you know. And if there's a special message, you write it. So he so the, so she you can give it to him and he know he just copies what he reads on the paper and writes it in the book. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it makes it simpler for for that person, I guess. So. There isn't that much time faffing well, about. Really, unfortunately, because of the way it is, and I guess we're in a sort of economic situation right now. It's very much like decided on convention to convention. Yes. There's no real, there's no real like. And some people are very, very nice that will sign everything. I remember one year Will Wheaton when he went to a convention because he said he made enough money with his books, is that he basically uh, was at a he'd been paid by the convention to go. So he basically said, anyone who comes to my table, I'll sign anything for free. Which he got a lot of stick for. He got a lot. Of, well, he didn't get a lot of stick for. He got obviously praised very highly by the fans. But it ups. I guess it may have looked made everyone else around him, who were there purely to sign stuff to make money that way, look a bit greedy because he was like, oh whatever. And he's just. But he he was, he made sure he said in via tweets and stuff that, you know, I'm fortunate and that I make enough money as a writer and as an actor that um I don't need to you know make money off asking I'm people for autographs. I mean, I had actually brought along three. I knew I couldn't bring like loads of stuff, but yes. I put in. I took I took my unknown pleasures T-shirt, which was the first um, album cover of first mm-hmm. Joy Division album. It's got an iconic um, mm-hmm. design on it. Um, my World in Motion single, which was oh, a, that's CD, a great song. It was the very first CD I bought, and I also what else was there? It's hard when you know that you, you're in a, doing a podcast and you know copyright issues because you just want to sing some of these songs. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and, oh yeah, and uh, the vinyl single of Ceremony, which is my favourite sort of Joy Division. Well, well, all I ever do if I ever find myself in that situation is I just prioritise what I want signed. So yeah. I just figure out what I want yeah, the most that's signed. What that's um, what I did. So when the lady was coming across to say, ask what message you want him to write, I did sort of casually say to her, I brought along one or two bits of thing I was hoping, and would that be okay? And he says, mm, we do have regulations, but we'll see if it's all right. And when it was my turn, there was a, there was a guy there who said, nodded his head, says, yeah, it's fine, you can sign them and stuff. It was, it was the same guy, because everyone's got phones these days and cameras, so it's actually, they actually give you, you actually give your phone to the guy to take the picture. Do you see oh, what I mean? Cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's so they're exercising in a very disciplined and okay way, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, the, 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 you have the right attitude. It's just to be friendly enough to ask, not don't assume. Um, and uh, the 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 story that always makes me kind of feel a bit sad is that uh, Stanley, when he said, made this joke of the last time we talked about this on the hundredth episode with Drew, is um because he he told the story that uh, basically he went all the way down to London to the convention because Stanley, very the legendary you know uh, comic artist. Yeah. Um, uh, basically decided that uh, he was going to come to London and he made this joke on Twitter he goes better come and see me now because he's very self-deprecating about, or, and also very egotistical at the same time because he's like better come and see me now because I'll probably be dead so I can't come again and so he was very much like you know I, I'm 90 odd or something this is my last trip to UK most likely so better yeah. come and see me fellas like so um, he, it obviously worked because I know a fair bunch, bunch of people who went. I'm gonna go and take, uh, you know, Spider Man and get it signed or something. My special edition Spider Man comic book or something. Um, so, uh, my friend Drew went down and told me that he was basically sort of under armed guard, and you never actually got to talk to him. Is that you went up to a queue that was like a mile long? That was like you know, two, like a, you know, the the joke I did was two weeks till you meet Stanley. Is it was a way sign saying two weeks till you meet him, and the queue was massive. Uh, so, uh, you know, people kept pitching tents and stuff. Is it? So, is it? So, so it's been a different story to previous people I've met because I used to take loads of stuff, and like when I met Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols, I took all my posters. Yeah, it depends who it is and whether they're but hot the, or not. Yeah, you know. when I when I met Mick Jones. Uh, uh, clash the guitarist from the Clash. He he was he was he was so sweet because he was actually standing behind the fence, and he just finished his gig and he was wanting to go, and and I had my London calling T-shirt and I says Mick, do you not if you don't mind, could you could you sign? And he had to he had to like squeeze his fingers through, oh, through the fence. And hold the marker in a very kind of weird way. Yeah, yeah, I got someone to do that for a t-shirt for me, and uh, yeah, it is kind of hard to get it right. But um, it, it again, it it, it 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 all depends really. But it's just sad because really, when I went to, when I met the Red Dwarf guys, for example, who have been on this podcast, yeah. is yeah. um, it was to me. I used to see them as a kid and find like, for example, Robert Llewellyn. I used to think was Crichton because I saw him that young. So when I first hear him speak directly to me. It was the most surrealist moment I'd ever be ha- I've ever had because I'm like it, it's dispelled that myth that he's not Crichton, that he isn't Crichton, but but like he is Crichton because he played him. So when he talked to me, it was like it to me that meant far more that he talked to me than anything else because it was like oh man, I got to meet someone who actually like made me laugh all them years. I think I would have like I would probably have that react if I met Rick. So one of the reasons why I was I was upset that rick meal died is that it was like one of my dreams to actually get to meet him because i the the guy who made me laugh the most in my entire life so me too probably so yeah I, this is the thing that basically in a nutshell because we need to wrap this up was just to say this is the, my sort of biggest um annoyance about conventions whereas if you came to that one with claudia christian which is what we originally started talking about um, you could have just walked up to her at any point. She was in the main room where all the people were, and you could have just walked up to her whenever you wanted and go, "Hi, can you sign this or ask her a question or something?" It was very welcoming and very, like you know, yeah. whatever happened happened. So, um, obviously you still had the fear of it's Claudia Christine who was in Babylon Five, like, yeah. um, in like you know you have the whole apprehension. But I, I wasn't that much so because I wasn't a huge fan of Babylon Five, but I I respected it. Um, I was more. I was more um, like sort of worried about um, uh, 
I've forgotten the guy's name, but the guy who was um, in Deep Space Nine, or whose name, his name escapes me, but he was one of the other guests. I was a little bit more freaked out about talking to him. And <laughs> uh, J.G. Herzog was interesting because his voice is so ridiculously well-known. You know, like, just in the Star Trek world, because he was a Klingon, and just hearing him in person, and just him going like, and I made him speak Klingon at the end, which was hilarious. I was just, he's got very, because he's got a very piercing voice, he just like, I was very scared to go up to him for some reason, even though I was perfectly entitled to, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so, okay, let's wrap this up by just saying, it was, this was our Christmas episode, thank you so much for listening, um, obviously, I think obviously the most appropriate way to end is to say to everyone on behalf of Geek Apocalypse, and everyone who's been associated with it, I obviously can speak for everyone, it's just a happy Christmas to everybody who's listening, hope everyone's having a great time, obviously stay safe. Um, hope you get what you want from Santa. <laughs> I mean, just to, just to yeah, just to wrap it up. I mean, from my point of view, I, what I'm looking forward to doing is like as, as we said, is the time off, but also just eating. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, know, <laughs> I know I'm just going to probably be be lying lying on the sofa, most likely in my pants, eating <laughs> as much as I can. Coiled That's up like it. a pint, pint like a python, trying to yeah, trying just, to just, digest. The and watching, amount of food watching, like, watching the same movies I've watched for the last thirty years, yeah. and just like yeah, I don't care. Like, That's what say... I think about it. I'm yeah. not going. I'm not going to be singing carols or sit around a table with family and pulling crackers and wearing hats and stuff. But that's just what Christmas is to me, yeah. and you know, bring it on. You know what I mean? It's, no, it's... no, totally. Yeah, and so um, obviously, anyone who's listened to this, who's a fan of the podcast, just um, have a good time, and we're obviously going to do the same. I just. So are you going to be with your parents? Yes. Uh, you know, family and well, stuff with mum, yeah. Well... Yeah, same for me, Chris. Oh, I will probably... I will spare a thought for Dad, you know, not being in here anymore. And yes. Remember him. And, but for me, it's just it's more about my nephew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing him open the presents and yeah. it'll, be, it'll be really yeah, cool. Yeah, my nephew's going to be around me at Christmas Day and uh, he's going to get a PS4, so I imagine he'll be endlessly tr- getting me to play FIFA with him, so... I'll just very quickly say as well mm. that, that I had a... I, I, I'm thinking about getting... Is it is a new Xbox out or something? Oh, yeah, the sort of... Because I'm really Xbox in the mood to start playing one. FIFA again because I used to play FIFA in my teenage years. Yeah, oh, FIFA's up. Like, um, I, well, I was I was texting my sister today because he's get my nephew's getting FIFA 17 and I don't actually have it. Um, it's the latest one, um, which is, came out like last month or whatever. And uh, I um, I don't you know. Have... I actually had I actually had a dream about it. Oh, was it so September? Actually, not last playing, month. I was playing FIFA in a dream, and I woke up <laughs> I just realized. And you weren't. I... <laughs> yeah. Is, isn't on dreams cruel? <laughs> I had a dream, right? Oh, actually, because I'll never remember to say this on the podcast, so we'll end on this really stupid point, right? Yeah. I had a dream last Monday, and I remember waking up going, "That's a sh- like that was a weird dream, but kind of fun, made no sense, right?" I had a dream that I took a plane to London, and as I when I and so I the plane was all like fine in the dream, and I it was obviously like it took two minutes as opposed to the regular like you know flight time is that I got on a plane and suddenly I was you know flying back down you know the takeoff and then straight away was landing in London, which made no sense, but obviously that's what dreams do. And as I got there in the in the in the lounge, I got stopped by Malin Ackerman the Swedish actress who was in like Watchmen and a bunch of other things um, she's very beautiful um, she's a Swedish blonde lass I'm trying to think what else she was in 
But Watchmen is the one that I remember her in that everyone knows. Yeah. She was also in Harold and Kumar's for a little what bit. A big, I remember. big picture. Yeah, you'll know. How, you, you'll, she's been in a million different things. She was in like a bunch of Judd Apatow stuff. She was in a movie with um, Adam Sandler as well, which I can't remember. Um, not Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, which I don't remember the name I always of. get them two mixed up. Yeah, I ben, always do what, too. What is it about them two? Adam, that it's because they, they do very similar. They do very similar. <laughs> borderline shit films but occasionally do something good yeah. but Adam Sandler hasn't done a good film since Big Daddy <laughs> so well he's had a 20 year career of doing crap movies for me but... it's um, it's Rain, Rain Over Me which is actually oh that mental... serious one yeah about mental about PTSD yeah you, talk, you talked about that like, I think we yeah. talked about this before yeah. but because then um, you said you should I should watch it yeah because I think yeah, he did a good job but... Don, Don Cheadle's in it as well and he's great in it oh well. he's awesome Don Cheadle um, but anyway yeah so um so yeah, anyway, so I had the, in the in the dream, she mm-hmm. she stopped me and goes, um, "Stephen, nice to meet you." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, how does she know who I am?" And she goes, "Um, like, oh, um, do you, are you aware that I do a podcast?" Is she saying this to me? And I goes, "I'm like, Malin Ackerman does a podcast. I've got no idea." And so she's like, "Well, I was wondering if we could like, you know, sort of like guest on each other's shows." And I'm like. And I'm like in the dream, like not even realizing it's a dream at this point. I'm going, why would I say no to that? And, and I'm like going, Mala Ackerman's got a podcast. I need to check that on like iTunes. And then I'm like, oh great, I get to guest on her show, and she gets to guest on mine. That'll all be good. Not like aware of going, it's Malin Ackerman. Like that would be the great. That would be the greatest. Like you know, obviously you know. So there's a chance that you might just say, nah, I'm busy that day. Yeah, I know. It'd be great. No one, no one, the way my dreams work, it'd be like it's, it's my dream, and yet my dream. Destroys is that the good. most surreal dream you've ever had then? Or no, is it I've had way more surreal yeah. dreams. Obviously, when I've not been well, I've had like hallucinations which aren't, aren't nice. But but no, it was it was a nice dream because I was like, she was incredibly nice. And it, I guess it's based on that I've seen a lot of interviews she's done. But um, and she seems a very nice person. But it's just I left it feeling really good, and I woke up. I, I woke up as I was leaving the depart the departure lounge, going, "Well, my Ackerman's a really nice girl. Like I can't wait to." And then I woke up, going, "Oh, this isn't real. <laughs> God damn it!" Like I was like all getting excited, going, "Oh, my Ackerman's got a podcast. What a look!" And I'm like, "No point." It's what's great about dreams. At no point do you go, "I'm in London and Malin Ackerman's in the departure lounge. Who's what the hell's she doing there? And why am I in London?" And how you know it's just I love dreams for that. No no narrative whatsoever. Um, but there you go. So anyway, there's my funny podcast rated story. Dreams would be interesting. Though. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, dream catchers and all this sort of stuff. That's bullshit for the most part. All this new age, new age stuff. But um, I remember just I'm referring to that because I saw a Room 101 episode where Stephen Fry was slandering it, saying it was complete bollocks, but. But yeah, no dreams. Are, there's some people who believe dreams are like you know obviously subconscious, and which is obviously true, but just how relevant they are is yeah. interesting. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, obviously we're going to do a New Year's Eve special, New Year's Eve special at some point over the Christmas period. So um, we'll obviously say Happy New Year then. But yeah, like I said, um, we'll wrap this up by saying thanks for listening to the episode. If you listen to this on iTunes, obviously do consider subscribing, and also obviously because this is like the hundred and 37th or something um do consider listening to all the other episodes um, there's a whole bunch of people who've been on famous not so famous upcoming just interesting people so um i'm hope you 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 will listen to the rest of it i hope this was entertaining obviously if you lasted this long i'm assuming it was um and uh yeah we'll wrap this up by saying merry christmas everybody 
on behalf of everyone at Geek Apocalypse and uh, I'll end the podcast like I always end in the words of the great B-movie robot trucks crashing Ben and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Apocalypse podcast Merry Christmas guys bye Happy Christmas thank you Yay Thanks Sam That was really funny